Welcome everyone to another episode of the Group Up Podcast. We're here for the Metal Rank debate where we're going to be discussing, as you guys often ask, the issues of the average player. No more GM top 500 elite streamers, no more top 1% propaganda. We're hearing from the average, the normal players, the human beings, the non-sweaties. So we've got, we've got a lot to discuss. So I will first introduce my guests. In the bottom right is a longtime friend and longtime mischief maker, Lemon Kiwi. Lemon, what's up? What's up? You're actually in my bottom right, so I thought you were self-introducing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. I am my own. I am my own longtime friend. That's true. Not always. The, the amazing me. Yeah, exactly. First up, it's your boy. I'm going to be talking about in relation to my screens, just for the for the clarity of the the podcast. In the bottom left on my screen is the goat, Bame. Bame, what's up? What's up, guys? How you doing, man? I'm really happy to be here. Thank you, SVB. No, no, happy to have you. Thank you. Pleasure for all these guys. I'm really grateful that they've they've joined me. And speaking of, in the top left with her awesome is that Squishmallows in the in the background? Cupcake. Yeah, Welcome Queen. to the. I know. Welcome to Thank the podcast. You. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I feel uh, I feel seen and and valid to, to be here. So thank you for having a metal rank debate. <laughs> I know. I think again. I think people have been. People always ask me. I, I think this is a good time to to address this question that comes up on the podcast a lot, which is that people frequently say, "SAP, why don't you have more metal rank players in the in the calls? You know, there's not enough of them." So there's a couple things. One, there's just not that many content creators who are not. GM, right? This is the nature of it is that you tend to get popular if you're very good at the game, if you're like one of the elite and the pro players. And I feel this pain as someone who's not always been at the highest rank. So it's harder to become prominent as a content creator, I think, if you're not GM. And then yes. in terms of getting random plebs to come on the call, I'm, I I only bring on people I trust, right? I only bring on so I, so I only bring on content creators, people with a platform. <laughs> Well, I mean, plebs is in random people. Like people will be like, kidding. I'll get, I'll get DMs from people. I get like at least a DM a week from someone random being like, I am random Joe Blogs, but I promise you, I'll be fire on Joe the podcast. Blogs. Just bring me on. I, I, I've got great takes. Just trust me, bro. Source, trust me, bro. Trust me. So, I try and bring on content creators who have a an accountability. You know, they have a reputation to keep. They have a community who trusts them and who has validated their opinion to some extent. Although. Especially with Lemon, they, they're always sus opinions regardless. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. You've, we've made tearless, Lemon. I know how your opinions are. I know how bad your opinions go. They're not but bad. They're just special. Okay. They're just special. Okay. That's what you tell yourself. So uh, for those, for some of those reasons and a couple others we won't get into, you know, we don't usually get a lot of representation from the middle ranks on the podcast, but here we are. We're going to discuss these specifics now. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the metal rank issues, but first I figured it might be helpful to the listeners to actually understand what you represent in terms of your experiences for ranked or what. So we'll go around the table, as it were, and if you guys want to briefly describe, like you know, this is the ranks that I've played at. This is how where I've climbed from. This is where I normally play, and maybe also a bit of insight into just your role and your general feelings. So we'll start with Cupcake. Cupcake, give us a breakdown okay. of your ranked journey. Oh goodness, it's been a long journey because I've been playing since Overwatch 1. I was in the first beta of Overwatch 1, so I've been playing for a very long time. 
Um, and I've been kind of all over the place. So in my early days of playing Overwatch, I was very um, focused on climbing and my rank. And I hit Masters and then I even hit GM a couple times. But then like I kind of started to realize that that wasn't really my priority. Um, so I just focus on doing the best that I can and playing well, but not necessarily my rank. Like my goal is not like, oh man, I, I gotta make it to GM or I gotta make it to masters. It's just not there for me. I just want to have good experiences, have good games, feel like I'm doing well, like just focusing on myself because there's a lot of times where, you know, if you're relying on your random teammates as a solo queue player, uh, you're going to have a hard time and you're going to get frustrated and it's going to cause a lot of negative emotions and feelings that I'm just not wanting to experience. So um, I quickly just kind of stopped focusing on ranks about like halfway through Overwatch 1. Um, and I also started branching out and really trying to learn multiple heroes and not just like one tricking. So I used to play like a lot of Mercy and then Ana came out and I was like, ooh, she's cool. So then I started playing pretty much only Ana and that's when my rank fell down to like plat, obviously, because I, you know, I was still learning her. But then as time went on, I kind of just stayed in plat and I realized like I'm kind of okay with that. Like I, I would fluctuate a lot between like plat, diamond, sometimes masters, and then back to diamond. And then uh, I've been pretty consistently in plat, although I have hit diamond and masters once in overwatch 2 but i wasn't there for very long um like i said that's okay it's not my goal because i can't rely on a bunch of random people all day every day i think it'd be different if i had like people i was playing with or that i could trust but i like to solo queue i don't i it's just i'm weird i guess but in my experience being in plat is where I have the most fun. <laughs> so I'm oddly really happy being in like plat diamond. Because I've noticed once I hit like masters and stuff, people are a lot meaner and like sweatier. And I meet some really cool people in plat. And I, I feel like there's a lot of people that don't experience that, which I'm like, I don't know what, why I'm getting different games than you. But I rarely have toxic people. I rarely have like hateful comments towards me and it's really actually enjoyable so i'm happy and plat don't come at me chat <laughs> <laughs> no i mean there's not always the choice of where you are some people are, are happy and flat some people are unhappy and flat but it's, yeah. good to, it's better to be I mean, happy than unhappy don't get me wrong there's a lot of issues and i have like a long list of like issues that i encounter that i'm happy to talk about today but just overall, I just want to make it clear that like, I don't, I don't even like to say like, oh, I'm hard stuck plat because I feel like that would only be true if I was like really focusing on climbing to like masters or GM or whatever. And mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm not mm -hmm. so, and I think it's nice having, uh, like plat streamers to relate to because sure. like you said, most of them are top 500 or gm or whatever and that's just not a realistic goal for everybody <laughs> you know what i mean so i'm i'm happy yeah. to like be here in plat and relate to all of you like just average players 
because like we exist okay yes. we're here too yeah. we're having a good time my mom says i'm above average <laughs> hello guys scb here and the goop up podcast is back and i'd like to take just 30 seconds of your time to talk to you about two quick things Firstly, Patreon. If you enjoy the content, then please do consider supporting directly because Patreon takes only about 10% of the money you give, where YouTube and Twitch take 40 and 50% respectively. So if you'd like to support the podcast, then that is the best way to do so. Secondly, if you're someone who enjoys video essays or detailed analysis of movies, TV, or anime, then please do check out my second channel, The Soak, where I'll be making videos about those kind of topics much more frequently and where a lot of my attention will go beyond just Overwatch. It would mean the absolute world to me if you guys would check it out, but that's it for now. Let's head back to the discussion. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely get into all those issues that you want to talk about mm. as we go. Yeah. And, and absolutely, I agree with that sentiment. And we'll elaborate on that sentiment as well of just not everyone can reach the highest. I mean, by its very definition, not everyone can reach, you know, GM and whatnot. But thank mm -hmm. you for that little introduction. Uh, let's take it to BAME next. BAME, give us a breakdown of your, your journey, your ranked journey. Yeah, sure. Um, I've been playing online FPS games since 1997 on a PC when I was a freshman in college with Quake 1. Played a weird um, Capture the Flag mod, not that three-wave stuff, but um, it's something different, like 3.14 or whatever. So I've been playing for a long time, right? Um, and I was actually really cracked back then, believe it or not. <laughs> I've got some screenshots maybe printed off Yo. in the basement. Maybe I can't find them. Um, so, but then I played a lot of MMOs. Like, I played EverQuest, World of Warcraft, and Guild Wars 2 for, like... Uh, 18 years so supposedly i bought overwatch when it first came out it must have been so bad i don't even remember procuring it um <laughs> on my ancient blizzard account i was also a hardcore starcraft player back in the day too scb by the way base, um, base. so my blizzard account is really old <laughs> uh so i started playing overwatch like one of my mods played it and i started watching them play it and i'm like so sorry right, i'll give it a try so around April 2019 is when I started getting into it. I think Ball was out when I first started playing, but my first season, I think season eight, I had two hours on Torb. And then the next season, I had two hours on Ball, and then I had 40 hours on Ball. And I just kept balling since then, man. Um, so, balling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think because, so, like, talking about SSR, SR and all that stuff, I think because I bought the game when it first came out, maybe played one game and said, F this noise. I think my account, like, really plummeted in SR. So when I started playing Overwatch, I was fucking bronze, dude. Less than 500, bro. And I think I was less than 500 and everything. And I could... I, it, and so I was. I love Wrecking Ball because the grappling hook is the same as in my Quake 1 mod. So, like, the grappling hook was natural to me and probably mm -hmm. nobody else in the world, really, right? So I really liked Ball. Plus, Ball is fast and, like, independent. And that's how I was playing Guild Wars 2. I played a Thief, which is really fast and independent also. So the style just, just stuck with me, right? Um, so I was able to kind of climb out of bronze with ball first. But man, my DPS and support, I played Torb and Zen mostly. Those guys were stuck in bronze for like two years. Man, those bronze games are wild, bro. Like, I mean, we could talk about that later, but man, bronze is a hell. If you guys haven't been down there for a long time, like, you don't <laughs> even understand. Never been there. I've never. I don't want to. Oh, no, I've you never been lower than gold. <laughs> All right. Yeah, try spending a couple <laughs> years down in bronze. Yeah, it's, we'll, it's... I've heard horror stories. Oh, there, there. I've seen, I've seen Bame's games. I've seen some of the bronze games. Uh, so yeah, you've climbed up as high as diamond. Is that correct, Bame? 
Yeah, I think season four I got diamond four, and like I think that was a weird season for ranks. Like that's when I hit three and four. I hit diamond. Yeah, I was like, I don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> right? I th I think there was something going on those two seasons. Same with me. Like I don't think I was really ever legitimately diamond to be honest. Whatever they were doing that season, whatever, it's but fine. Hey, we, we it, it is. It, so we can say it. <laughs> so oh, I've been I've been chilling mostly in plat. Although, dude, ball is bad, right? Like last time I looked at overbuff, worst, well, least played character. Um, so I've been mostly platinum and gold. But this season and last season, I actually went to silver, and yeah. then in eight days, both seasons, I went back up to platinum. Like, it seems weird, man. I don't know. I'm all, like I only have one account. I stream every day. All my comp games are streamed on Twitch. I mostly solo queue. And like I'm recognizing half my lobbies, like I feel mm. like you know people say I'm right to GM. I think I feel like that's the ultimate hard mode of Overwatch. Play like that, <laughs> right? Like if I wanted to climb just a cupcake, maybe I could. If I like played off stream, you yeah. know, I got a bunch of homies that would carry the shit out of me if I wanted, right? But like I'd want to get there, you know, my way. And mm. I don't really let SR dictate my happiness too much. Um, right. I, it's like a measure and I still have fun, man. Jeez. And I might even drink some beers when I play once in a while. Right. So <laughs> I'd say that's yeah, kind of my summary of my watch. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. So we're getting a good picture. You've kind of been through, yeah, you've been through the trenches there, the bottom 500. So those of you who are only new to watch and watch two will not know that in Overwatch one, there was, you know, you had your number. And it would range from 500 to, you know, whatever. There, there was like a 6,000 SR cap or something eventually. But there was an area known as below 500, which is that after, below that, you just wouldn't even, you wouldn't even get a number. It just said below 500. And so Bame has been as low as there and he's come up to Diamond. So we've seen, we're getting a good range here. Lemon. You're the elite one here. What What is your oh, journey? Yeah. I'm, sur I'm surprised she's blessed us with her presence, to be honest. Oh my god, no. I'm, just, I'm glad you also hit Master Saw, because I was like, wait. <laughs> does this me think I'm flat? Wait, 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 wait. I mean, I've seen I you. I, I, I've like dueled with you. Him, I've dueled with you, so. I've, I've played like a plat with you, so I understand why I'm here. But um, I think I've had a really weird, unique experience, so I don't remember. I actually started as a DPS player, and I... Cause I came from Call of Duty and some, and I didn't want to touch Overwatch. I was like, "What's well, that cartoony dog shit?" I don't know. <laughs> but someone was like, "Oh, soldiers like Call of Duty." So I got on and was like a soldier faramain, which back then wasn't that bad. Um, I don't even know how long ago back then was. But when I started playing with friends, I realized that like nobody wanted to play tank support, whatever. So I was always like the filler of like, okay, I'll play tank, I'll play support. And my friends could have fun playing DPS. So then I just became like naturally a tank main because like before we had roll queue, you had like somebody had to play tank, and I was always the one who felt like okay, well I'd rather play tank, someone who's has experience playing tank, than anyone else in this lobby doing it for the first time. So I would play a lot of off tank. Um, and then yeah, just went. I think I got to masters just this past season or two. Um, in tank well like obviously in solo tank era um and then probably diamond on support but my i feel like my experience is unique because i don't play the game enough to like maybe know a true rank but i study the game enough and obviously cast overwatch league where i feel like i have a good understanding of gm top 500 overwatch league type of play and we can get into like the issues that that causes, but I'm in that weird area. And then kind of the same thing as Bane, like if someone recognizes you in the game, they're either going to do two things. They're either going to throw or they're going to like try super hard. Um, 
and then like the whole trying to uh, getting into the issues of that of like trying to communicate at that rank um but yeah i'll Mm. I'll just answer the question briefly of just saying i i've reached masters on tank diamond support and i guess we'll get into the issues later (laughs) yeah yeah so you've so again we've, we've seen a good range uh you know you've kind of You've been through the, you know, you've been through the metal ranks, and you've kind of climbed out to to diamond and master, which are technically not metal ranks. But again, I think will be illustrative to have people just not GM. Basically, is is the main goal of this call is just have people who are not in the one percent. Uh, even you know, diamond is ten percent, which is still great job on getting all three of you have gotten two diamonds. So great job on being the top ten percent of the player base, or at least that's where I remember it might have changed around in Overwatch two. But uh, yeah, the majority of people will be plat and gold. So we'll we'll talk about all those issues, and I want to get into the specific things that take place in the metal ranks and balance that you guys feel is different, and other stuff like communication and and things that the top 500 community take for granted that you guys experience. All of those things, but I do think it's a it's appropriate for us to before we get into that is just to have a quick talk about the recent Blizzard layoffs because I think it would be uh, remiss of us to not touch on it this is obviously you know on this podcast we do try and talk about things that are happening and this is a big big news uh in the overwatch sphere which is that now that the microsoft takeover is basically in full flow now i believe it's 1900 employees so yeah just double check this 1900 employees uh from activision blizzard king were let go by microsoft Uh, and and xbox i think i think also xbox is included in that so a huge number of layoffs and it's not just stuff that's merger things. So I, I've seen a lot of, there's been a lot of discussion on this as the news is broken. And some people assume that, oh, well, it must just be, you know, like an HR department because you don't need two HR departments for Microsoft and Blizzard. But actually it, it goes far beyond that. You know, senior members, everyone from senior members to junior members are being let go. You know, people in the narrative team, uh, people in customer support, people in hero design, people in level design. It's just been a wide-ranging hit of people getting let go of. So I figured it would be appropriate for us to just talk about it for a moment. Um, I'll get my thoughts out, and then I'll be curious as to your guys' thoughts. If you have anything you want to add on the issue, I know a couple of you have interesting things you want to say. Uh, from my POV, firstly, of course, just the our, our sort of hearts go out to the people affected. Uh, it is never, ever easy to lose your job. It is, you know, one of the worst sort of feelings you can have of just kind of helplessness often if you're not secure in that situation. Not to mention that working for Activision Blizzard, they've kind of been, you know, in recent years, really been pushing people to work locally to be able to commute into the office, which means that they often had to relocate if they weren't already living in Irvine, California. It's a very expensive place to live. So losing your job is going to put huge jeopardy on your living situation. So... Just a, just a shitty situation to be, and I think in the wider climate of gaming where we're seeing layoffs happen more and more, uh, it's just a shitty time for gaming in that sense because gaming is, is super profitable. You know, I know they had a dip last year, but it's been back up in terms of the overall revenue for gaming as an industry has been back up this year. And we often see, you know, record profits be posted by gaming companies. Microsoft is now worth $3 trillion dollars. And Riot as well laid off a bunch of people despite, you know, being on the face of it, a pretty successful company. So it is a pretty shitty situation to be in a space where gaming is so popular and yet the developers who keep making great games still end up being laid off. And 
it doesn't seem like it ever affects the bonuses and the CEO paychecks that come through. Uh, I know Bobby Kotick had shares in Activision Blizzard, but he 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 walked away with four hundred million dollars of a payout. Uh, to put into context of, you know, hundreds of developers being let go, his his payout would have paid their salary and then some. So it's it's a rough situation to be in. I know for some people they view their criticisms of games and criticisms of games like Overwatch as the justification for stuff like this. And of course. You know, that's not to say that as a corporate takeover, there isn't going to be layoffs. There isn't going to be some people who are going to be let go because a new company is going to come in. They're going to want to do it their own way. They're going to hire their own people. But it's definitely not something to celebrate, I think, is is the loss of people's livelihood. Even if you have you know, gripes with Overwatch, the, the developers have worked very hard. They're very passionate. And whatever gripes we may have with the outcomes of Overwatch 2, I think this is a, definitely a time to extend sympathies and hope that it gets better because when you know I spoke to Jared last, the the, the he was re, re, he was conveying that the the feeling in the Overwatch team is really good now that they really feel like they've finally found what they need to do, they finally found their groove, and they're ready to start doing productive shit. And once more, Overwatch is hit with things outside of their control that are kind of screwing them over. So I feel I feel bad for the team four that always get seemed to get meddled with because of hierarchy, and it always seems to stop them making the games they want to make but all i can say is I, I my condolences and if there's any way that creators can help let us know and i hope that all those affected are quickly able to find something that they are passionate about equally okay that's enough from me i want to hear you guys opinions uh i'll take it to lemon first lemon you obviously you know you're quite directly involved with with blizzard and and I know it won't be the team four, but you you know you've seen people suffer through a similar thing with Overwatch League. So how do you feel about this whole situation? Yeah, it's um I think really tough. I think although it's maybe not the same circumstance, I feel like even casting is can be as insecure as just like the tech world and what it's experiencing right now. I have friends who've been laid off, and it's hard to transfer those skills as a caster to like another game or to find a different job and now with like every company experiencing layoffs you can't just be like i'm gonna go to riot or i'm gonna go to this um and especially when indie companies probably i would i would assume quote me don't quote me on that are probably not paying as well as like a riot or blizzard and when everyone's getting laid off like where are the spots gonna be so it is incredibly sad i i want to say like we all saw this coming with like microsoft coming in i saw some tweets saying like there was going to be like duplicate departments and then one of those departments was going to have to disappear things that didn't materialize in overwatch whether it's like the pve or what is it like the the physical copy of games department whatever um and it doesn't matter whether it makes sense or not it matters the fact that like people's dream jobs got taken away and i've had like some caster friends recently that have like i guess i can more relate to casters in that sense of like if i wasn't able to work in overwatch anymore or rocket league or whatever like i'd be devastated i wouldn't know what to do and when people had to, like i really like amelia tweet hope i'm saying her name right, <laughs> uh about how people were forced recently to move to california for this job mm. and then were laid off 
like if this was something that could have been foreseen maybe you could have just moved out the people that were really essential and if you even had an idea or a thought that maybe some of these departments were going to be laid off don't have them relocate um but i agree with emmy's tweet there that that was especially cruel and i don't even know what the severance package was so I know Riot actually had a really, really good severance package. What was it, like the six-month salary and all this other shit? Um, and we don't know what Blizzard people are getting, which is even more concerning. Um, at least I don't know. I don't know if this was tweeted by some journalist. But yeah, incredibly sad because I, I guess you just have to move out of gaming. And when all of your skills have to do with gaming, like where do you go from here? Especially when you work with a certain engine and, and whatnot. So... I really feel bad because I, I I hope that there are I'm seeing a ton of posts of job postings coming up. I feel like the community is really coming together at, at the worst of times because this is a super unfortunate event. But it's been awesome to see everyone like retweet job postings, give themselves, uh, give each other vouches on LinkedIn to reference letters and all that. So it's great to see the community support each other no matter what game we're all from. Yeah, and I think I think developers from whatever I've seen are never they're never anim like animositous towards each other. Whatever that word is, uh, you know, they're they're always like they're not they don't compete in the way that I think people think they compete or the big the companies as a, as a whole may compete. But developers are always very supportive of each other. Like you know, I always see them on my social media, just kind of proud of each other's successes, as even if they work in rival companies. And it yeah, it's just a scary time for game development. I think when you're watching people across your industry just get laid off despite succeeding ostensibly in, in creating great games. So Cupcake, I think you wanted to mention, you just wanted to extend your emotional thank you. Is that correct? Yeah. And then we want to, we got some comments from BAME coming. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine. Like I, I'm devastated for them. I like, I've never been in that position luckily, but like and like they were saying people have relocated out there just to lose their dream job and i can't imagine like how isolating that feels and how like devastating that is um so i've definitely been like putting myself in their shoes trying to imagine what it would be like because it's the worst thing that could like happen to have your dream job working in gaming and then like sorry bye and then now what you know and there's so many people it's not just like a few people that are having to like it's just such a massive amount of people being displaced in the gaming industry and i don't know i'm just i'm very very sorry that they're having to go through that and i i i can't help but think that there's definitely a way that it could be avoided and that's that also sucks um but I do see a lot of people on Twitter being supportive and I I hope that everyone finds their new path and I hope that you know like like they say when one door closes another one opens and I I hope that they can stay optimistic and I hope that they're all going to find something bigger and better uh to move on towards um but yeah all I like can really do is just say how sorry I am and I can't imagine what they're going through yeah, and again, I think I want to just emphasize that I, I know a lot of people listening will be like, why do we, A, why do, why does this matter? Why do we care about talking about this? And B, you know, people lose their jobs all the time. So what? To the former, I mean, we're we're talking about games. We talk about Overwatch. This is going to be very much relevant to Overwatch. It's going to be very much impactful 
on the future yeah. of our watch you know I feel connected to them like we like we've met a lot of them in person at conventions at you know the summits and like we've met a lot of these people and we see how passionate they are and we see how much they put into it and we see how much work they're doing and we also see you know even like there a lot of them are saying on twitter like we were working on something really great and we we're really excited and we're starting to like get this groove and like that that that's great for us too as the players and then for that to be taken away from them like that also means it's halting you know work that affects us as players too you know so but i mean they're the ones who's doing their job so it's it's more about them but it's just we we're connected to to them you know so absolutely yeah there's the there's the the human element, as you're mentioning, and there's also the, the mm -hmm. tangible element, which is that, yeah, this is going to make development Overwatch worse for the first, for the immediate future. You know, we don't know what Microsoft plans are to how much they plan on reshifting priorities and if they plan on hiring new people. But for the short term, it's definitely going to have an impact. Uh, and oh, that's where I want to... Um, yeah, go oh, ahead, sorry, Lenny. just to mention real quick, like, the layoffs also are affecting like huge projects whether it's like the patch like we're worried about the patch or pv whatever even like riot like lec is com has i think got announced yesterday as like a skeleton crew they've fired everyone but one observer like i'm worried wor worried that the layoffs like yeah they're like saving costs or whatever but it's it's costing like serious quality of either broadcast or like the products that we're going to be seeing and I know the fans just only care about the game and maybe some of them are like too young to really realize mm the impact of these but is this does this mean we're like stable now is this just an effect of post-covid are we gonna like not see layoffs for a while or is this just the beginning and it's like i feel mm. like everyone's in doom mode right now because it's the new year and it's supposed to be like a feeling like a growth year and then this happens especially with like owcs announced everyone's like whoa like overwatch is back baby and now it's not back so it's like not consistent and it's scary yeah. and it definitely affects the morale in general. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and someone who might have insight on that one is is Bame. Actually, Bame, you've kind of worked for a large company, and you've seen a lot of you know. So, I, I think another another thing is that people think that as Conquerors, we've never either had real jobs or we don't have real jobs. Bame, you <laughs> you are definitely not you. You know, so you want to you want to give a bit of background into you know your career and like what you've seen from your POV. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's this one hits hits home in a weird way. Like I'm in a I'm on the good end of it, but so I've worked for the same company that is pretty much growing and the same size right now as Blizzard Activision pre pre Microsoft. Okay, um, I've worked for the same company for 22 years. I'm a food scientist. I do research and development in the food industry, and my job is actually um, I say sustainability usually, but a lot of it is cost savings, right? Um, so company is this size they have to make money for their shareholders so the easiest way to one of the easy ways to do that is to cut costs because that can kind of be in their control and it's just working backwards game to be honest so they laid off 1900 people it's a ton of people um i've gone through four massive layoffs before and i've made it through all of them thankfully i don't know how or why and i mean they're like blizzard people are probably looking at you know what's the average salary of someone if it's 100k 190 or 1900 people that's 190 million dollars they're going to save in 2024 and that's if they make if blizzard was making 8 billion in revenue that's 2.5% that's you know benchmark that's probably a good cost savings for the year so they did that they probably don't have to cut any more savings after that that's a huge amount of money um so hopefully they can focus on just 
building everything back up and you know letting the microsoft stuff sort out in blizzard and just rebuilding the culture dude so and i hate saying this and i'm almost numb to it to be honest because i've seen it so much it's just business and that's what happens and it sucks but that's kind of probably the business standpoint and not to say it's justified so and if i so what i so i'm my main thing is cost savings for my company i've never had to lay anyone off um, instead, I'll do a project like, let's say I can save a penny per pound on a million pounds of some food product. That's $100,000. Maybe that's someone's salary. So for that year, maybe someone didn't get it laid off because I'm getting it somewhere else. So I think if you have a job, just, I think, try to be, I don't know, don't spend money wastefully, I think, whether it's travel or anything else, because they got to work backwards to get their money. So, geez, I hope I'm not bringing down the call too much. But that's that's my perspective. It's hits home to me. I'm kind of numb to it, to be honest. It sucks. No, I think I think it's very relevant to bring that up. And and again, you know, there is there's the rational reality and there's the emotional reality, right? The emotional reality again is is the cost that it has the human cost, the the people laid off, the the lives affected. And then as you talked about, this is like the the big picture corporate assessment will be well, we need to make savings. And it's, you know, it's pretty standard corporate procedure. I think when you, when you, when you acquire a new company, you want to show that like, we're handling it efficiently. We're kind of, we're going to cut out the fat as it were, which again, is such a horrendous way to refer to it because the fat is the lives of people, but mm. that's how it's viewed in those upper echelons. And again, a very easy trick. If you're the guy who's like put in charge of, Hey, I'm putting you in charge of the Activision merger, make sure it makes more money pretty straightforward thing that guy can do is is lay people off in the short term because then on the books immediately it says hey look we spent way less money this year so i did a great job the long-term effects are irrelevant to that person because their job is temporary as well potentially they move on in a year or two to a different company or a different department or they just you know go somewhere completely different industry but they can say on their cv hey well i saved you know 100 million as you as you put it there being right it's like i saved this company 100 million and that looks great because nobody's going to investigate and be like well what happened to the company three years after you left like what happened to all those good people you fired and he'll just say well that wasn't my responsibility i i did what i was asked to so the rest wasn't my so this is how these things work i understand that but i did want to just bring it up and and kind of extend again our sympathy and i hope you guys as players as well can show some humanity in that element and just sort of you know whatever you again whatever your feelings may be you may have resented how overwatch was developed how it was handled but that doesn't change that when someone is like when such, something bad happens you can still be a human being and be like damn man that sucks this is not the time for me to to sort of celebrate it or attack whoever was laid off as being you know whatever xyz lazy bad i didn't like what the developers were doing right this is not the time just just keep it keep it you know human for like a day any other thoughts from you guys on this issue before we go back to the metal rank aspect of this debate anything else you want to bring up okay great awesome thank you for that uh now let's head back to talking about or watch the game itself so again you guys have kind of been through the trenches you've you've experienced what the majority of the player base will have largely experienced so i think that it might be a good place to start with the the feelings like what is the feeling of playing in the metal ranks right like what is the experience of playing in the metal ranks and specifically what is it that you feel maybe often gets neglected when predominantly the content creation talk around or watch is based from a gm top top 500 perspective so i'll take it to to lemon maybe you want to go first about sure just what what do you think is kind of often 
as you as someone who's seen the absolute highest level as well, casting for Watch League, what is it you think that often is is not communicated or is left behind in the gap between what happens in most players' games and what top five hundred and pro players talk about? Um, I feel like hitting on what Cupcake said earlier of just like there's certain ranks that people just are there to have fun and enjoy where they're at. And then there are some ranks that feel like it's people who are hard stuck and are just like committing their lives to ranking up. And if they don't rank up in that game, then it's freaking over. Um, so I've had a mix of anything from that, from Diamond to, to Masters. Uh, for me, um, biggest issues come with like hero flexibility. I feel like in the low and the understanding of that first in like lower mid ranks whatever people just have the hero that they like to play and they don't realize that that is not a helpful hero to the meta they're not playing the meta stuff they don't want to swap and they don't have time on the other heroes and that's what i guess makes you gm and top 500 is can you play all the meta heroes at a super high level and how flexible are you um, so let's say people feel like they can probably, they can swap to that different hero. They usually don't understand the meta or don't understand the counter swaps. Like if they get Dove on, they're just going to automatically go Moira. Cause fuck you guys. I'm going Moira. Uh, cause no one's helping me. And then you'll have like <laughs> stupid swaps like that, that like, don't, and not saying that going Moira is always a stupid swap. I'm just saying like, that's like just one of the things. <laughs> that's just like one of the things. Cause I, trust me, I do that too. I go Moira when I'm not living because if we're going to lose, <laughs> yeah, if we're going to lose, I'm going to live. Okay, I'm going to live and play the game, even if this doesn't contribute to turning this game around. I'm going to go Moira so I can at least be alive to watch the loss, you know? I do that too, but in the lower ranks, people just uh, also don't understand counter swaps. Like, you'll play, like, a tank or you'll play a support, and people will, like, get mad at you and be like, why are you playing this into this? And it's like, clearly the correct thing to do and like i feel like i'm in like a unique scenario where like i understand the counter swaps i understand the matchups so i'll swap to the counter or i'll play a certain way because of what's on the other side and then i'll have people in plat or or diamond or even low masters try to tell me how to play the game while not but they're very diehard on their opinions that they know the game no matter what even when i tell them like i and i'm not even trying to flex i'll be like guys i like i i, I know what to do and this is why i'm doing the way i'm doing and i also just like just saying i cast owl so like if i didn't know the game like we, I, I wouldn't have this job i'm just like throwing that out there as an extra argument but this is why i'm right and they'll be like no and then you like try to argue with people who like don't know the game and the understanding of the game is very low. Sometimes, like, you'll be in Diamond just off of pure mechanics and no brain at all. So then you have to, like, try to teach people, like, the meta, understanding the game, how to position, how to play counters, how to play matchups. And uh, people just are very stern on their opinions. And then they, they're also very bitter because they're at that rank. And they're never mm -hmm. willing to accept why they're at that rank and it's never self-reflection it's always someone else's fault which you know mm. we've all been we've all blamed somebody else at some point and sometimes it is someone else's fault but like often not those people don't uh self-reflect so understanding of the game uh not having hero flexibility and that's the that's the things i deal with the most anyway and mm -hmm. also i never get to play fun tanks because i have to play meta so that's maybe also why i'm at the rank that i'm at <laughs>
Never get to have fun. That's a shame. Never get to have I, fun. I, I would love to see, you know, because the, cause the classic streamer clip will be like, they'll learn an alt account and be like, shut up, bro, I smurf your peak. I'd, I'd love to see a Lemon Kiwi I clip, which is, like, which is just like, I cast your peak, bro. Like, I fucking cast a I cast peak. your peak. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I, I cast your heroes, even... bro. Yeah, exactly. So I don't I, even yeah. always say that because I feel like it's just it does, it's not even an argument. I could I could be the president of the United States, and if I tell somebody that Moira is useless, they'll be like, actually. And then uh, <laughs> I'll try to explain how, like, well, they have a Kiriko, they have this utility, they can do this against your hero. Be like, nah, Moira lives. And then I'll be like, <laughs> okay, well, I fucking give up, bro. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Let, let, let's let's touch on those things that you brought up before we bring up any other things. So, Bame, I think this is something you kind of were nodding along of, like the hero inflexibility, firstly, and then we can talk afterwards potentially about, uh, you know, the mentality that often pervades in the metal rank. So, yeah, talk to me about hero inflexibility. I mean, I'd like to say it's more um, ball supremacy, to be honest, bro. Come <laughs> on. So, uh, I mean, being mostly a one-trick ball, now I'm working on that. Um, but uh, being mostly a one-trick ball dude, that that's a tough life in in gold, um, and it's almost like a self-fulfilling proph prophecy, right? Because nobody plays ball because ball's bad, and then no one knows how to play with ball because no one's playing ball. And then on the other hand, if they ever play against the ball, they just know, oh, I'll go sombra and hold my hand up on the payload, and the guy can't do nothing, right? So it sucks, man. Like people get yelled at all the time. I mean, it's great TikTok content, right? Like I'm fine with it, but. Like it, it's it's tough, man. I like I try not to get frustrated. Like I'm I'm pretty good at PMA, and like I'm the one. Like I never tell anyone to swap. Like y'all, you do your thing. Like it's gold, it's platinum. Like meta doesn't matter till like grandmasters, from what I'm told. Right? Like you should be able to play anything decent down here. I think um, if they have Sombra made junk rat traps, and they've got um, Anna sleeping me all the time. Like I just deal with it. Maybe I'll swap if I think I'm not doing anything, but usually I think I'm actually doing something and just my team is just shooting Reinhardt shield nonstop at the choke, right? Like, as I'm trying to chase down both supports that are pocketing each other, I can't kill any one of them. That gets frustrating, man. I don't know. I went on a wrong, long rant there. No, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Actually, bringing up another kind of thing that I know people experience in the metal ranks is this, like, as I kind of lemon alluded to this as well, is misdiagnosing the problem, I think is probably the best way to put it, is where... Something's happening in a game, and maybe someone like Lemon Keith who, who casts your peak, or someone who does know how the game works, would kind of watch that and be like, yeah, we're losing because X, right? But then people's under from whatever I've seen and I've experienced on alt accounts as well, people's understanding is usually very basic. It never strays beyond who's the least meta pick right now. I'm just going to flame that guy, especially the tank. Usually the tank is just like... If we're playing, you know, ball, or let's say, like, you're playing D.Va and they pick Zarya, you'll just be like, Oh, tank swap, otherwise we're gonna lose. Like, you just, you just find the, like, most out of the, 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 the shape that doesn't fit the box the most and just blame that guy. Even if that's actually not what's going on, If even if you're, in, in your case, you're doing a great job in making space. The advice is horrible. I'll be at Gibraltar and say, go Reinhardt instead of Bob. I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, the advice they're giving is awful, right? Like, I think you said, it's... Painful or maybe people don't understand your hero and then tell you how to play it mm. especially like on the tank department because it's very easy to bully the tank because there's only mm. one of them and they can't defend themselves <laughs> because 
because it's like you know uh the tank is always gonna be the first one punished when it's an entire team problem sometimes it could be the support's fault tank is the first to die it could be dps's fault tank first to die it, it could be anyone's fault tank first to die and if you, you always blame the first one who dies which is most likely gonna be your tank unless there's some sniper stuff and so, for example like diva diva i feel like is a really complicated tank i used to main diva a lot many different ways of playing her right you could play the the peel diva the dive diva the the whatever pressure dps diva all there's all types of ways and situations to play diva and even uh, who even knows the the best and correct way to play diva right because there's just so many things to do and then people will always tell you as a tank go dive the team go forward press w it's like people's ideas and i even play league of legends it's like same way i play tank in league of legends people think that tanks always just have to w and they don't like understand anything but w at this rank and then you have to like sit there and argue and then they get frustrated with you and then dps start frontlining or supports will start like going for stupid ass fucking plays like throwing antis and, and like frontlining on a throws antis dies and then they'll blame you for not Wing, and then they'll frontline and die and then blame you and it's just like insane how people don't understand things and then when you explain it to them they'll just go and int and then blame you for not making the space that they tried to do on supporter dps like crazy i've yeah i've definitely experienced that i mean I, speaking of diva i've been one tricking diva for a week you know i got coaching from, oh really <laughs> yeah yeah i, I doing seven days on diva i got coaching from hawk i got coaching from emong and despite all of that like just the the, the comms that you hear people will just be like our diva never uh, dives their backline it's like bro this is they've got like brig bap i don't know what the fuck you want me to do i'm, I'm going <laughs> but people but people will like they yeah they don't you're absolutely right like I, they just don't understand how your hero works but they think they do they think they like people think they're an expert in every hero even if they have no idea and i think i'll, I'll take it to cupcake on that note if you kind of have anything you want to relate to off of the various little things we brought up there oh yeah go ahead I have a list. <laughs> no, I think this is why it's really important to be flexible, especially as a support. So I play support, and I have built a wide range of heroes that I can play. Like, I play a lot of Ana. She was my main for years, so I'm very comfortable on Ana. Uh, I've been playing tons of Lifeweaver. I'm comfortable on Mercy. I'm comfortable on Bap. I'm comfortable on Mora. I'm comfortable on Kiriko, you know? So I think this is why it is really important to have a variety of heroes because like if you do have so like if you have a tank that is going to go ball and they're going to stay ball the worst thing you can do is argue with them about it and like try to play something that's not going to work with ball you might as well try to work with what you're what you're given right so if we have someone that's like i'm playing ball and i'm like okay i'll just i'll go mercy i will try to keep up with you i'll go in with you i'll help you i'll do what i can do you know whatever um but i think that not enough people kind of uh, like everyone wants to play what they want to play and a, too many people are just not willing to try to come together and like make a balance of what you got you know what your team comp is going to be not everyone is going to be willing to switch not everyone is going to be like amazing at their hero either so you have to be willing to adjust but that is a problem is the people that do not want to adjust for anything because they know what they're doing and they know how the game works and they know what's best and da, 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 da. when in reality they there's no they they don't know 
what the tank is trying to do, especially when no one's even talking. Like yeah, people are like in text voice. chat, like rah, 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 rah. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you even know? Like no one's even saying anything. Everyone's just like making assumptions and it's just like bringing on the team morale like way down. So I like I'm actually quite happy with like not getting frustrated too often when I don't have like maybe the most ideal team put together but I am definitely going to try my best to work with what we have and what people are playing like obviously I will always make suggestions if I'm like hey like is there any way that we can do this instead of this to counter that and either they're going to listen and they're going to be willing to do it and they're going to do it or they're not like what but like you can't do anything about it it's not worth like getting upset or start flaming or being toxic like okay then you need to do what you can and if you're willing to change something then do that you know try to work with what you got but a lot of people do one trick and plat and that does make it very very <laughs> very difficult especially when you have one person that's like going genji and they are not going to swap of anything they don't even have a thousand damage like two rounds in but they're like i'm saying genji you know so <laughs> yeah that happens a lot so. i try to do like hostage negotiations where like i'm the hostage mm. and i'm trying to like get myself out of like a like an automatic loss game like lost in champ select game where like if i'm ana because i just like went trick on support um i'll be like listen listen like get off ball and go like winston or like whatever like go on get off ball and like go this and i'll give you like every fucking nano like you, you yes. start like negotiating compromising i'll give you every nano you. i will pocket <laughs> this shit out of you if yes, you go right on king's row like it's it's over for them if you swap to this and then you, most of the time they're actually like down as fuck and the, they'll swap to that <laughs> so you could try That's to true. like do that if you're a support but i know babe's yeah. like no i want tricks so <laughs> Bro, ball is awesome on King's Row, man. I spank people on that thing, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'd swap it off. I yeah. would be in pain and champs look, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll pocket you. <laughs> yeah, I'll do my. I'll I'll give it a go. <laughs> well, well, this this illustrates a good difference, I think, that that manifests in the metal ranks. I mean, I, I think one thing I will just say is that a lot of things you guys described, I think, is certain is a lot more applicable to more ranks in Overwatch Two than it was in Overwatch One, from my experience. Like, I think. You remember, I remember, you know, thinking about all these things and experiencing all these things in Overwatch 1. And it felt like back then there was a more distinct divide between, like, once you did get to GM, there was a slightly better, like, switch between what happened. Even Masters, there was, like, a little bit of a switch between what happened in Masters and what happened in, like, Diamond and Below. Just a lot of your experiences here, I, like, they don't stop in GM5. Like, they don't stop in GM4. Like, maybe GM3, they start stopping. So like I think there, I will put that out that I think now the the way the Rush Two has manifested, a lot of these things have blended a bit more, but I think it is more prominent in the ranks we're talking about. It is more prominent in the plats and the goals, and this does represent a good difference, which is that potentially there's people like you know Kiwi and Cupcake who are like want flexibility. They want people to try their best and try and pick what works. And there's people like yourself, Bame, who are kind of like, well, I just like this hero, man, and I want to play this hero. And I know you think it's suboptimal, but I think I, I think I got it. So like, let me, let me do my thing. So do you want to maybe speak for your POV? And then you know we've kind of heard a little bit from from Lemon and Cupcake. Do you want to speak to your POV of like how you approach your your basically ball one tricking? Yeah. So I think ball is a pretty versatile hero, right? So like if they're going counters, I feel like I just have to play differently and I can still play with ball. Like I'd say like 95% of the time, I feel like I'm doing thing, good things on ball. Um, 
and like if I just play different and I've been trying to like pay so one thing that sucks about me is I don't really pay attention to my teammates so much like gotta roll around doing my own thing so I'm trying to like you know think hey what what are my teammates doing like they must be doing something back there and maybe they're not just shooting a Reinhardt shield so maybe I should go back and see what's what's messing around with them <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to kill like Anna Creco back there, dude. I should be able to get them, but they're just pocketing each other. And I'm rolling around in the background. I got four people looking at me. Why can't my team push up, bro? Right? Like, but I'm trying to think about my teammates more. But um, I have uh, a question for you, Vane. What's uh, what's your favorite support that pockets you when you're playing fall? Like, who do you like to have um like healing you? Yeah, good question. Um, and I like to run health packs a lot too. So let me preface by like I don't really say oh, I need healing. Like I'll go get my 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 healing. But I kind of like play with Zen a little bit. That orb is okay, and then I'll get a little extra damage out of it. Maybe I'll be able to finish some kills. Um, Kriko's kind of fun. Like if a Kriko can like off angle heal me a bit, that that makes it fun. Like if, as ball, if I can kind of get in their backline and off angle them, I think that works the best. Man, my favorite hobby is like making Reinhardt spin, dude, right? Like you get behind Reinhardt and the dude just spins his shield around, dude, like a top. That shit is great, man. I love doing that. Um, so whether, I mean, Anna's fine. Um, Mercy stalling on point is really fun. Like mm. if you got a Mercy that's like bobbing up and down on top of the cart when I'm just spinning around, like that, like we're both unkillable. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> at least in at least in gold, right? But that Mercy actually works really good on car maps. Yeah. Um, if if you got a Moira that's diving, that can be fun. I've actually been uh, grouping up with some Moiras here and there, and like a tracer, and like that can be fun to to party with. But it takes <laughs> that takes kind of a special coordination you don't often get in gold. Right? Yeah. Right. But if you kind of commit to it, it, it can be really fun. Right, and this kind of alludes as well to another thing that was kind of mentioned in your guys's grievances is the is the mentality. So let's let's kind of expand on that before we'll we'll eventually talk about stuff with like balance and things like that but the mentality is a thing that you guys have, have said in a few different ways one is that people don't understand the game but they don't want to understand the game maybe they don't want to you know maybe listen to someone about at least their own hero or if nothing else but also the the giving up i think is another thing i see a lot is like mm. you lose one fight and people are like gg can't be done uh and just the 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 quickness with which people just tilt and give up. So, uh, yeah, Cupcake, why don't you describe to us any if there's any sort of... Do you think that mentality plays a part in, in why people maybe don't climb higher? Yes. <laughs> yes, because I see it all the time. I see it so frequently where you have, like, a, a like the first hold falls apart and everyone's like, GG, you know, like everyone's frustrated and it's so weird to me because the amount of games where we might get absolutely steamrolled on like the entire defense side just steamrolled like we didn't defend for a, even a second. But guess what? When we go to attack, it's the same thing. It's like both teams just really suck at defense and you end up winning the game. So that like tells you right there that it does not matter. You can literally just get loud over and like it that means literally nothing because there's a really good chance that they're not just that much better it's just it's more attack you know more attack friendly like map or whatever and you also do really well at attack and so if you automatically give up after that one round how are you gonna know what the outcome of the next round is gonna be if you're just like frustrated and you're like oh it's not even worth it because like we did really bad 
Like, it's so wild to me. And I mean, same thing, like, even if you um, lose the first point on whatever, like, it means nothing. But some some people just focus so heavily on that and acts like that's going to determine the rest of the game. And I just, I cannot understand that. So I do feel like there's a lot of times where I have to try to keep morale up and be like, okay, that just was not our map or like that, or that was not it, you know, like we can do better. Like, let's do this. Let's do that. Like you have to figure out a way to, to work with it, but people get so frustrated and give up so easily. And it blows my mind every time because it's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, I, I definitely, I don't think it ever helps. And, <laughs> It only seems to massage people's egos. But I'm curious, Lemon, because you... Now, obviously, you deal with Overwatch League and you have contenders players who are, like, you know, the top 0.1%. But I'm curious if you kind of notice differences in, in the way that those guys approach the game and play the game versus what normal players do. Like, did, mm -hmm. is there is there a stark mental difference in how they approach it? Or are they actually quite similar? Um, I think, like, there's, like, sometimes similarities where, like maybe closer to contenders where like contenders there's a there's quite a few players that have like incredible mechanics but zero brain like <laughs> like why they're positioned a certain way or understanding their matchup or just what how they're using their old like i even contenders players have those kinds of problems and i think overwatch has so much weight on the understanding of the game and not just shoot shooting straight and there's like a variety of reasons why people like maybe in plat or diamond like i placed plat when i first started the game i think i've dropped down to gold once when i did my placements with a silver and found out what mmr was um <laughs> so so it was kind of i was like in elo hell in gold not like able to get out because it was one of those like you have so many different people you either have like smurfs who are just like stomping the entire lobby people doing like unranked to gm i don't fucking know or there's people who just like straight up have just don't know what they're doing. They get placed in gold, never get out. Um, and it's it's tough. It's like you need, and especially as like a solo queue where usually I'll solo queue, sometimes play with friends. Um, if you're solo queuing, you have to either communicate and handhold the shit out of your team. Where usually the, I'll I'll go to that. Um, mm -hmm. Just because, like, if I like, usually if I'm too tilted to play tank, I'll play support and just handhold my tank and it like explained it like kind of direct the fights and that like that's how i'm able to have like a carry impact because i think communication is actually really important overwatch regardless of what the 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 players who who play top 500 muting their mic say um, mm. <laughs> or you can have point. like a mechanically carry performance whether it's obviously it doesn't have to always be dps it could be like hitting a really sick anti-heal and stuff like that so has i think it has to be one of those two things um and like I see how people play in Contenders or Overwatch League, and I just know I'm not going to get that, but it is frustrating to try and, like, explain to people how the game works and having, like, like an understanding of the game at the high level, but not being able to translate that to my rank, because I just don't put the hours in. Um, and I'm not saying that I could hit that rank, I'm just saying that's one of the factors that contributes to me being in that rank. Um, and it is frustrating, and I don't know how to explain. And people don't take advice very well because usually they'll see it as an attack on their person personnel. If I'm yeah, like, so hey, really nicely, like you yeah. have to be very sensitive. Otherwise, 
gotta yeah. get your like a carl salesman voice on of like hey i really think we should focus um this hanzo on the off angle just because he's <laughs> shooting us um so it, and then you're doing usually really great, explain but... it. <laughs> yeah if you like handle the shit out of your tang and you're like okay like i'll dive with you winston we'll go after this hanzo because we can't let him do that because we're dying and it's like i have to have like a ted talk on like why we need to do something and if it's just a straight up swap like hey ball or moira or or whatever i i can't think of other scenarios but just like let's say some heroes that are just not helpful in that current situation with our composition let's say it's just very anti-synergistic uh hey like can you swap to something else because and there's no other way of getting around it of like you're not contributing there's just no way to frame that and then people will not swap no matter what uh, and also, they'll just not be in voice most of the time. If they're on a hero, they probably mm. shouldn't be on. Ninety uh, percent of the time, they just won't even uh, <laughs> communicate. But yeah. at least I've been able to let go of that frustration a lot easier. I'm always toxic, but uh, I've let go of that frustration <laughs> because I feel like my rank doesn't matter anymore. Like when I start, when I was casting contenders, like I was trying to be a high rank. So that I'd, I'd be respected enough to cast Overwatch League. But now that I made it mm. to Overwatch League, I feel like I'm not as pressured to, like, get to GM. I feel like everyone's trying to get to GM to, like, prove something. Yeah. While as, like... And then that, 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 like, hurts people's egos when they can't get there. So then they start, mm. like, blaming other people instead of themselves. Um, so that's what I've had to deal with. But I, I started caring less. I actually just play Quick Play now. And I feel like my viewership doesn't hurt because I am a lower rank streamer. <laughs> Because I, I, I think streamers can be successful without being super high rank. That's just my take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, lots to lots to reflect on there. I mean, poor Bame catching strays <laughs> yeah. every now and then just with the ball swaps. Constantly the... the, <laughs> the every time it's, we mention damn ball, sorry, I'm sorry. Like, sorry, it's happening, it's happening to us on this podcast and it doesn't game, man. Like, I'm good, dude. Get less blame on this podcast. Uh, so, okay, I get to ask the question, and I have fun when I play Overwatch. I play competitive Overwatch. I actually have fun, and I get asked a lot, how, Bame, how do you have so much fun on Overwatch? Number one is don't expect anything from your freaking teammates, dude. Like, just be happy they move out of the zone in, dude, right? But, like, I seriously don't expect anything from them, and that's why I think I play happy Overwatch. I think when you expect your tank to actually push, you expect your supports to actually heal, you expect your DPS to get picks, and they don't, you're letting yourself down. My favorite life equation is satisfaction equals performance minus expectations. Like, that, that, is, that is so true both for yourself and for other managing other people, by the way. But, I, like, I don't know, man. I just don't expect my teammates to do anything, and that's how I have fun most of the time. I, I think that's actually the best way to climb, personally. I think, I think you're just literally expecting them to do nothing and being surprised when they get anything done is, like, always a, a better way to approach it. <laughs> But what about uh, your winner mentality? Yeah. You gotta yeah, go I, in like this yeah. is grand finals. Like, I'm win. still playing. I'm Everyone's still playing to the best. I'm still playing to the best of my ability. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I don't. I'm still popping off always. Yeah. I just. I, mean, I fully I expect that. them to throw. I still try that. Like I still try. That's like I still try to like make call outs, like help our team. But like it is really hard when people aren't in voice chat. Oh, speaking of, because like Lemon Kiwi said, like higher ranked people are like voice chat like you don't need it you know you can just mute and gg whatever but like we in plat we are playing a very different game than those that are in top 500 like we are not playing the same game <laughs> it is not the same because we don't have 
not everyone is a highly skilled player. Like in top 500, they're there because they're all really high skilled. We're in plat because we're not as highly skilled, which is totally fine, by the way. But not everyone's going to have top 500, you know, mechanics. So because we aren't as high skilled in the metal ranks, we have to be heavily coordinated and we have to have communication to make it work to make up for the lack of like mechanical skill that a lot of us don't have. You know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Coordination, I feel like, is yeah. what separate two teams, even if one is way worse than the other. If you coordinate, it's you can win off of that alone, I think. Yeah. And, and I can even see it sometimes. Like, you can tell that they're making call-outs. Like, when I go in the back line and I see four people look at me or if I'm hiding, and then if someone sees me, they all jump on me. Like, you can see it sometimes, and your team is dead silence. Like, all right, yeah, good luck. Yeah, but, like, those games are so fun when you do have everyone that's willing to, like, communicate and make call-outs and, like, work together as a team. It's kind of rare, but those games, for me, are always so much fun because we're like and i'm solo queuing so these are random people that i don't know and you'll end up like having this really high morale and everyone's having a good time and everyone's like really trying to help each other out like everyone's on the same you know like path and like it's i don't know it's just those are the games that i love the most like i look forward to those games where everyone's like yeah let's really work together because yeah not everyone in plat is gonna like hit all their shots <laughs> you know what i mean but if you work together yeah. and you're helping each other like that's okay you can get past that and you can you know help each other out but if everyone's just like doing yeah. their own thing muted it's a mess yeah i've got kind of two different perspectives on voice chat so when i play ball so first off i don't tend to talk like i don't want to necessarily right because i'm an introvert i like to chill i like to talk to my twitch chat way more than my teammates so when I play tank, though, like, I, I force myself to say, okay, whenever I have mines, I'm going to say mines on point or whatever. I'll say wherever I put mines. So at least, like, that gets me started. So every time I play ball, and if I at least get my alt, I'm going to say mines. That's, like, drilled in me. And I try to call my slams and all that. Sometimes I don't. But, like, and I stream every single freaking day. But sometimes I just ain't feeling it. And, ball, like, when you're tanking, like, you got to – I feel like there's a lot more responsibility on you than just some DPS that's wherever, dude, doing whatever. But so when I'm not playing tank, though – I'm playing probably Zen or Torb, and I usually don't talk at all. I feel like I don't have to talk much to still get good value, though. And I'm also in Silver, too, so I'm usually just kind of vibing. Like, I'm, when I'm having, like, a shit day, I'm like, dude, I ain't balling. I'm just going to play Zen and Torb, and maybe I'll talk if it's cool, but I probably won't talk unless there's a reason. Yeah, I usually only uh, talk on support. Oh, another thing that I forgot to think of is that when a new hero is released... I feel like the, the GM community understands the state of the hero. Like, for example, I feel like I've quit Overwatch like two times now because of new hero releases and the rank that I'm at. Like, when, when Lifeweaver came out, you know how he's super dog water and, like, everyone would play Lifeweaver and then you would just lose if anyone had Lifeweaver because he was just so bad? Well, like, I feel like the lower elo community, everyone wants to get a chance to play the new hero and then people will lose and be like, oh, well, I just got to get better at the hero. And then they'll just, like, yeah. keep playing it. They want to be that person who can just climb with the new hero. Well, as the GM community, like, maybe has that. I don't know. But they also under, like, there's conversations online about whether the hero was good. And then everyone knows, okay, don't pick that hero. And they have a better understanding of the game to go, I know what counters life, Weaver. I'm going to go these heroes and we're just going to permanently win. And then, like, MAGA, same thing. Like, he was fun on release, and then I quit when it was just a MAGA fest. And 
at low elos i feel like they always want to abuse and just like play the new heroes no matter if it's an automatic loss or not and i guess again hero flexibility but also low elo people just want to play what they want to play they don't sometimes want to play to win and there are people who want to play to win there are people who don't care or just want to have fun and i think that's kind of like the biggest problem at lower ranks <laughs> is that mm. mix yeah I, I totally understandable again i think i think everything that you're that you that has been described is sometimes true and even in gm and but more true the lower you go i think like i think that's that's how i would categorize it like sometimes you will still get people hard locking you know the useless hero or like a hero that doesn't work or they completely fundamentally misunderstand like the other day i'm in a game with iliari mercy backline and they were like go winston i'm like how the fuck do you expect me to play winston and like neither of you guys can fucking heal me like there's no fucking way but people don't you know they don't, they don't understand so it's definitely more true in plat and i definitely think more people would do what you've described lemon which is just like oh i think you know even if you thought you know life weaver was bad like i think life weaver is fun so i'm gonna play him and go ahead like cupcake i was just gonna say do y'all think that it would help if we had a different mode for this because we have quick play which is unranked but it's quick play and then we have competitive and like, I don't like playing quick play, personally. Um, it's just not really that fun for me, especially, like, you have nothing to gain or lose. And, I mean, if I'm just, like, really not mentally there, like, I will play quick play usually to, like, practice different heroes or whatever, which, my god, anytime, like, I had this fun little wheel spin thing for my stream, and, like, if it landed on, like, chat picks my hero, and they, they will obviously pick something absolutely ridiculous that i have like maybe five minutes on like doom i hate doomfist and they'll be like oh play doomfist and it's just like silly and fun i will go to quick play to do that challenge for them and it never fails i have never once done a quick play game playing a random hero like for fun without getting completely flamed like i mean bad <laughs> not just like you're bad like it is that is awful not, like my whole team's just like yelling at me and i'm like this is quick play, right? Like, isn't this how people are supposed to, like, learn new heroes anyway? So, my point is, is, like, why don't we have quick play, as it is, for people to just, like, practice new heroes, just quick games that are easy, chill, like, whatever, um, and then have, like, an actual unranked that's competitive um, play style, but, like, and, like, the points and everything, but just not have SR. You know, like competitive without the SR. Like that should be a mode for the people that want to play competitively, but like don't really care about their rank or anything like that. And it's like an in-between of okay, quick play, you can use that to learn new heroes. Unranked, you can use that to get maybe better at the competitive side of it, and then move on to actual ranked where you are, you know winning or losing points um because it can get really frustrating like playing quick play sometimes and it can also be really frustrating playing competitive sometimes because of people's like mindsets towards it i really feel like we need to have something in the middle and i think maybe it could help that whole situation bame lemon any any thoughts on just not not necessarily it doesn't specifically have to be to that but any any thoughts related to what cupcake is talking about my my only input personally is that I think the reason they don't do that is just queue times, just splits the player base, because uh, already you know you you want the whole 
thing of quick play is you want the games to be quick, which means a lot of people have to be queuing. And then comp already has bad enough queue time, so another queue probably just makes that worse. But I do agree with your principle. I, I think the biggest problem that this, what you're talking about, is that there's not really a clear din like delineation between what is meant for what. Like it, again, when I when I had Jared on this podcast and I'm it was kind of surprising to me, but he said, you know, quick play is serious to us. Like we view quick play internally in the dev team as like we you properly play quick play. You're not supposed to leave quick play because this was like a whole thing. You know, a lot of large sections of the community felt like, oh, if I hop into quick play game, why can't I leave five minutes in because I don't like it anymore? And and Jared and the team's POV is no you're still playing the game seriously. It's just not for rank. It's just not for points. But it's still a serious mode. But then so that where creates... Where do you go to, like, learn and get comfortable on right. something? Or, like, oh, I just want to, like, try this out for the first time ever and not get just completely annihilated and feel really badly for not, like, already knowing how to play a hero the first time you right. play it. And that's what it... That's the question that it leads to, right? It's like, well, okay, if you're saying quick play series, where do I want to, yeah, like you said, learn Doomfist or... I guess they would I don't say actually maybe... learn Doomfist. But... Right. <laughs> you should. He's fun. He's fun. I, no, I think more I people should play. I think more people should play Doomfist. But um, yeah, maybe Boys. maybe their POV is that like, oh, go arcade or something, or you know, go in custom games or something. But yeah, it doesn't really quite feel like we've clarified to the community what is meant for what, and that's why I think we do have a lot of players uh, play comp in in like platinum gold, but then they're not really trying to win. They're not really trying you know, the things that they could do to to make it better. But, you know, what can you do at the end of the day? Uh, any more thoughts on this issue before we move on to the next topic? Um, I also wish there were role swaps, like something that would let me role swap with someone. Like, for example, if, like, a tank or a support is having a hard time, or, like, if I'm on a different <clears throat> role, to swap with them. Um... That would be really nice as like a side thing so that like maybe they would help with toxicity if it's like oh well if i'm so bad you do it better and i'm like bet like yeah. some request or whatever <laughs> like <laughs> i'm in man yeah let me play the worthless dps character <laughs> yeah. i'll you double take, your numbers you bet. Right hard. <laughs> yeah. i'm in for that that's a great idea Levin. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, I, I hate. I, I, I guess for this podcast, as the host, I will just be the the downputter of of ideas. But obviously, the the balance would be questionable, right? Because if you're a GM on tank and mm. plat on support, how do you get uh, allow that person to swap without ruining the integrity of the lobby? Like the only way that would ever be possible is if their SR on multiple roles is roughly the same. Otherwise, you know what happens when it's very different. Fair enough. You could. Scam that probably yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh okay, yeah. Um actually one quick thing before we we'll talk about balance in a second, but one quick thing before we move on is uh I think someone mentioned unranked to GMs. And I'm curious as to you guys POVs, because often, you know, we hear when we talk about unranked to GMs, we talk about we hear from people who do them or are in the position to be able to do them. But you guys are probably the people who would be more affected by unranked GMs if you believe you are. So do you <laughs> do you believe that they're like a, a particular factor in your games? And, and do you have any thoughts on the general idea of unranked GMs? So I see way less Smurfs nowadays. Like the last year, it's not bad for Smurfs. Like they fixed that, in my opinion. Um, so I don't feel like I'm affected by unranked GMs. Sorry, are you talking like... The person actually doing it or the people that watch them oh <laughs> uh, the people doing it. it the people doing it nah i don't think i see him anymore man not in plat 
and never in silver. I don't. No, really I don't see them. Mine, to be honest, like it's not. Like I said, maybe if I was like really trying to like climb, and I was getting seeing a lot of the. I don't. I just don't. If I do, I don't even really notice, to be honest. Um, but if someone's doing unranked to GM, I mean, I if I could do that, I probably would too. I just I'm I couldn't do it. So I don't personally mind. I don't really feel like it really affects me too much. Um, and uh i don't know okay so i will say there are times that i'll get someone on my team that's just very like i'm better at this game than you guys because i'm smurfing and this is my rig <laughs> smurf and, your peak and, yeah he'll, like, they'll be like <laughs> like oh i forgot this is how y'all do this in this rank you know just making comments like that and it's like this like this is our right like you have to adjust to our rank you know like unless you can just like hard carry good for you but if you're not hard carrying and you're getting frustrated that you're not hard carrying like then you need to work a little bit more with your plat team you know what i'm saying but um if i go against someone that's doing like gm uh unranked to gm um I don't really care to be honest if anything if it's like noticeable that they're smurfing if anything it just motivates me more to try to play even better you know or even try even harder to get my team to coordinate a little bit more because if if you if someone's gm smurfing in a plat game and everyone on that other team is just like no voice chat everyone's just kind of doing their own thing da 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 you know then yeah you're gonna get completely stomped on but if you have a plat team that is like you know what okay let's really work together let's really try really hard to see if like we can beat the smurf like that then it comes like you come together with your team it makes it a fun game and then if you win it's like hell yeah like we won you know what i mean like so you can make it fun and turn it into a challenge like turn it into something other than just crying about it and being like gg it's over they have a smurf and it's like it doesn't have to be that way like try to have fun try to do something about it i'm so like yeah, i don't mind yeah <laughs> i don't like mind it as much one i think it's cute when like the little streamers do their unranked to gm and they just get they get hard stuck plot i i find those unranked to <laughs> gms really hilarious um uh, <laughs> And I like that content because sometimes I, I can watch what they're doing and the pub stomping is a little like they're looking for a medal, but who cares? Um, I I think it's made a different. I, I've seen it a different because one, if the Smurf is on my team, we're winning. That's awesome. I get carried. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, and if they're on the other team, then I've just accepted that I've lost because my little bronze Hanzo versus like Faker on the other team is just I've accepted the loss when I see a Smurf <laughs> on the other team, so I don't have to assign the blame. I can just GG go next like that much quicker. Whilst if it's a closer matchup, then I can like just hard grow my team and I feel like there's more toxicity. While it's unranked GM players, I'm like, oh okay, we've already lost fakers on the other team trying to make another account sounds good after on my team i'm like thanks for the sr so um i i the one the, uh, the unranked gms i hate is when they use like a really useless hero or like a really like weak hero to just try and prove a point like mm. um and you know i haven't played ranked in a while so maybe i i'm like not caring as much but like you know the people were like unranked the gm on life weaver or like when he was like really really weak or like the mm. unranked to gm on this like super weak on a like non-meta hero and it's like yeah i'm glad they're having fun and i feel like overwatch is at a state where no one's really like 
this isn't the Olympics of esports anymore. I feel like no one's. I, I, the sentiment I've gotten from the GM community and just the community in general is that it's not, it's not like that big of a deal to climb anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a Twitter thing. But um, yeah, now people are just trying to make like creative Overwatch content with like unranked to Life Weaver, unranked with Reinhardt, unranked to whatever with this hero. And like those are like the ones that I don't care for. Not because like, you know, I respect their grind, their hustle, their, you know, content drought. But it, it's the fact that they're also inspiring people in lower ranks to that oh well well so and so got gm with life weaver so he's not that bad or oh so and so got to top 50 on brig uh not communicating a single time and it's like hey those are amazing players who will make bad heroes good because of everything but the, like like i've cast a lot of one trick teams even in contenders who play like the worst comps possible comps with like so many counters and they'll still beat really good teams but that tells lower ranked elos that you can do it too you can also be like high rank with life weaver or not opening your mic or playing this or, or moira like the what is it isn't there like a famous gm moira that just like flanks all the time yeah, like those people are inspiring lower ranks to do stupid shit and not not to do it well and then they ruin games while as yeah. the people who do get GM doing those things are obviously g good enough to have an impact. So that that's the unranked to GM that I hate. <laughs> that's true. If they're, yeah, like, the inspiring people to do stupid <laughs> to stuff, do expecting shit. it to have the same outcome, and it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> the wrong type of influencer. Influence them to go Kiriko, man. <laughs> right, like the ones where they... Then they're gonna... Go ahead, man. And then they queue into your lobby, right? And they're going to try that out. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. Yeah, the ones with, we're like, so, a specific so thing. So, like, you know, like, not using a specific ability of your hero just to see if you can still do it. Like, you know, no unballing or something with ball or something. Um, yeah, I, I, so that's, I think that's, I was just curious to get your guys' perspective. I, I will note how League of Legends pilled Lemon Kiwi has gotten because she earlier referred to someone as a champ and now talks about fake about faker about faker about faker in in uh, I, I, bronze <laughs> bronze Hanzo versus faker it's like i don't even know faker is that would he be good in overwatch okay. would he be would he be gm in overwatch i don't know he's the goat Bruh. but but yeah faker that, is the best esports player of all time you don't know faker wake up Okay, get out from under yeah, your rock. Yeah, but, but but why why go to Faker? It's like, oh, well, Faker's on your team. I don't know what oh, his if I Overwatch say proper, is. Then all the Shock fans are going to be like, oh, proper is washed. And it's like, I feel like there's no Overwatch equivalent, but that's like another podcast. But sure, anyway, the, the yeah, goat, you guys knew what I meant. The GOAT debate. The GOAT debate. The GOAT. The true GOAT. Yeah, okay, okay. So we can we can move on then from, from that area. Now we can talk about balance. So... This is always, always a hot button issue for many reasons. But one thing that I often see a divide on is this whole idea of like, well, who should be balanced for? Who does Blizzard balance for? Does the concerns of people in bronze and silver and gold matter? Or should it always be top down? Should it always be like the best players? We balance for them and then whatever happens, happens. So I'm curious to your guys' POV first on the bigger picture of like how philosophically you think or what should be balanced and then we can talk maybe some of the nitty-gritty so i'll go to cupcake first cupcake how do you feel it should be balanced i okay i'll be honest i don't have a lot of like really strong like balance um opinions because i i mean if i was making the game i i mean there's so there's just so much right i don't understand 
how we come up with something sometimes because, like you said, you have to account for the lower ranks and the higher ranks who are essentially playing two different games <laughs> because of the skill like gap. So it's very different for lower ranks and higher ranks. And a lot of times I trust the process and i know i'm very alone so everyone every time there's like balance changes everyone's like oh my god they nerfed blah 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 and they buffed blah blah, blah. i'm like okay i my mentality is so different from like everybody's and i feel very alone on this but i am very much like accepting of it and i'm like okay i'm going to trust the process because the the devs the people that make this game they they came up with this for a reason, and I might not immediately understand that reason, but I am willing to give it a try. And I do like that they listen to a lot of the community feedback, which I think is really important. So the people that are really passionate about balance changes and what's working and what's not, um, again, they know and understand a lot better than I do. So for me to be like, oh, well, this blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm I'm in plat, so it's like my experience is not the same as those in top 500 and it's not even the same as those in bronze either so i i can't really do much except trust the process and try to work with it and see how it goes um mm -hmm. but i know i'm i'm pretty alone i feel very alone on that because a lot of people have <laughs> very strong opinions on balance and that's where it gets really chaotic because you have so many different opinions and it just gets a little overwhelming sometimes I'm like, okay, I, I'm I'm pretty easygoing. Like, I will make whatever work, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and I and again, if they nerf one of my like, here one of my main heroes, like, I'm not too upset about it because then it, sometimes it gives me a reason to focus more on someone else, and then it kind of makes the game feel a little bit fresh for me anyway. So I don't get like extremely upset. Like, if they nerf Anna, like, yeah, it might suck, but that's okay because I can put more focus onto someone else and right. spend more time on them anyway and instead of being like well we have to have anna because we have to have this anti for da 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 you know like it's kind of like whenever mercy was like the must pick like back in overwatch one it was like if you did not there was a time where if you did not pick mercy like you were throwing if you didn't have a mercy on your team <laughs> like you're throwing and i hated that like for so many years i felt like i had to play mercy because you had to have her she was the meta and it was i for a little bit like hated her i don't play a lot of mercy anyway nowadays but there was a time where right. i was like oh my god if i have to play her one more time so again i like to just trust the process <laughs> and gotcha. like see the best you know that i can do with it yeah i think it's a very healthy again there's always healthier to kind of take responsibility on yourself than try and focus too much on what else is happening outside you know external agency so better to have internal agency but bane what about you how do you feel about the balancing does it ever like bother you do you think that like it should be catered to gm only or more attention should be paid to what's happening in bronze and gold yeah um first off i'm i'm with cupcake actually like i i don't i try not to worry about things i can't control right i can't control yeah. the balancing and i also like i don't really theory craft on what they should do very often because Mm. no one really wants my opinions and it doesn't matter anyways right so i try i actually like don't think about that stuff very often i'm just not wired to think like that focus more on myself and things i can control 
Um, <clears throat> I have been doing some some mutual pro bono work with uh, Alice Av. He's a coach um, starting out, and I talked to him a little bit about this too because like I kind of start with it. And I want to be decent for this podcast. And we're talking a bit how I think dev should balance high ranks for like flexibility and diversity, right? So it's not just like one set meta of five characters versus five characters. You know, I think high rank is fun when it's, you know, you can do a few things, right? For lower ranks, like our ranks, I think they should balance for fun. They should make it fun, right? Like we're having fun, you know, the meta doesn't really matter. We should like, most of the characters should probably be kind of fun. Um, and I think that makes sense. Um, so I think that's kind of two different ways to balance. And the other thing too, is if you think about heroes, like if you're like, so if you're playing like gold or whatever, right. And you think about heroes, like Torb versus Tracer. I got the, the way I got out of bronze and got to gold was simply playing Torb in the high ground. This is when the turret was a little bit better, but I'll just go on the high ground, sit up there and your turret's going to get value no matter what, right? Like you're going to get numbers. Oh my God. Kitty just ran by. Um, you're going to get, you're going to get numbers no matter what, but if you're a tracer and like you're doing bad, like you won't even show up on the scoreboard, right? You might have 80 damage. So kind of bouncing things out like a Torb for uh, like it, 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 it like you, you'll you'll a turbo oh i'm getting lots of value because i'm getting damaged but the tracer does nothing i don't know it's kind of it's kind of this is tough like it's kind of a tough subject for me and it seems a little weird but i think just kind of keep it fun for everyone to play mm. and i'm sure lemon kiwi probably has a lot more uh input on this <laughs> oh, yeah lemon uh, go ahead it's rough um so for anyone who doesn't know i helped out with one experimental patch way back then mm. And there, there's like several factors to why that entire patch failed, at least on my side. Like I can be really self-aware on that. Um, I think when a lot of people can have opinions on, on balance and then when it comes to actually implementing the numbers, it takes like a freaking scientist to, to figure out like the exact numbers. <laughs> like you could be like, oh, buff, ne uh, ball needs a buff. And then be like, about what? Uh, like where? Like what number? Like what would like? When you actually get to the details, it gets really fuzzy because it has, like, this avalanche effect of, like, it affects everything. It doesn't even affect just that tank. It affects the tank's interactions with, with other heroes, other supports. So anyway, uh, I got, like, so lost um, just trying to figure out balance. And I never was somebody who claimed to know how to balance. And there are devs that just understand those I guess when I was talking to the devs, like, they're called, like, th damage thresholds or just thresholds of, like, how much ammo does it take to do this and that? And it was just all these numbers that devs just genuinely know better. Like, when I finally got to sit down with a dev, because sort of, like, a leak was that a lot of the that patch was done by ourselves. No help. No talking amongst each other. And as a diamond to master player, like, I don't know the numbers and thresholds and stuff like that, but... Once the patch sort of got fixed, I kind of got to sat down with a dev eventually to talk numbers because um, I had a ballpark idea of what I wanted to do. But uh, to, to summarize that the state of balance in Overwatch, in my opinion, is so different than other games because I, I cover a lot of games. And for example, TFT, um, it's like an auto chess game that Riot does. They actually cater, they, they look at a lot of stats, they have a lot of simulations, and obviously it's a way different game, not ever saying that they should be balanced the same way. But their, their whole mentality is that they balance the game around the stats of the highest ranked people. Um, and like, for example, if one composition does well in lower elos, but does badly in higher elos, they will buff that composition. Um, 
which I found to be like a really interesting thing. While as an Overwatch, I feel like a lot of things are balanced based on casuals. And maybe this has to do with what the direction of the game or who do they want to attract to their game. TFT wants a lot of sweaty, hardcore chess people to come in. They're a growing esports, so they want more competitors to come in and they want the competitors to feel uh, rewarded or to feel like they have good balance at their elo. While as, because maybe those are the people that are going to spend the most money on the game, most time on the game, I don't know. But Overwatch, it's like maybe casuals are the ones that they want to, ca- I always felt like Overwatch catered to casuals more than anything. Whether it's the hero designs that have come out or just some of the nerfs and buffs that they've done. Um, and I think it's very hard to balance Overwatch. And I've always been on the mentality that it is Im- impossible to balance Overwatch because of the amount of roles that we have um how they interact with each other and and all this stuff um and i feel like a lot of times overwatch balance is based on just let's just change the meta so let's buff and nerf random things like for example anna has been a hero that's like barely really been touched and all of a sudden she's getting nerfs and like that like threw me for a loop because there's not really much reason for that (laughs) in my opinion so i feel like a lot of nerfs and buffs just come out of let's just change things and there's not sometimes i don't feel like there's a reason obviously i'm not in their back room to know um but they cater a lot of things to casuals like if there's one hero that's not doing well in lower elos they will buff that hero um and overwatch that's just where their their mindset is and maybe it's just harder to balance overwatch because they don't have like the stats the thresholds and like all these simulations that that maybe a ride or tft have or maybe it's just easier for them but i i've stopped caring about balance because one i haven't made this my entire life in terms of i don't one trick overwatch streams anymore if i did i would lose my freaking mind and there really just isn't that many overwatch i think streamers because of the balance is just like all over the place whether it's life weaver comes out being super super weak and is like ruining games. I quit Overwatch like w- one of those times because Life Weaver came out, came back later. MAGA came out, super OP. Everyone's playing MAGA, and it's just like it's just like all over the place. Um, so I think it's better to not care about things that, like like you guys have said, you have no control over that you don't understand and will most likely not agree with. And I feel like there's just never going to be a point where the community agrees on a balance. Um, and so there's not really much point of arguing because I think we all have our biases on like what heroes we like. For example, I'm pissed that Ana's getting nerfed because I'm an Ana main. While as people who are Sombra mains will be like, why hasn't Sombra gotten buff? Or like, you know, we all have our biases and that's just going to show. And I think we can't have a productive mm-hmm. conversation without understanding those numbers and understanding every single little interaction. Um, and that's why I wish like balanced people listen to higher rank people more. But then again, those biases are going to show the DPS players want DPS buff, the tanks want tanks buffed and et cetera. And I just don't think there'll ever be a point of pure, like perfect overwatch balance. So why not just keep changing the meta? So people keep coming back and keep releasing heroes and like super busted so that people come and try the super busted hero or pay the battle pass to play it. Uh, or feel like they're forced to pay the battle pass in order to um, to win games. And yeah, it's just a game that's both very difficult to understand how to balance. And also because I don't understand it, I feel like it's random. <laughs> Maybe that's not the correct opinion. Um, and also catering to a casual base is going to f- 
is going to frustrate the higher elo people to the point where they don't want to give opinions slash um probably not stream full-time anymore so it, it's yeah. tough I, I don't have a good answer mm -hmm. to all that and the higher ranks they're the i feel like the loudest with their opinions like and more people are hearing their opinions whereas like everyone that's casual or lower ranked i don't our opinions probably get a lot less heard anyway so it kind of makes it difficult when the higher ranks are the ones putting in the most uh into their opinions on the balances so it's like does our like how much do our, how much are we going to really change with our opinions anyway if they're not really even being heard or with like lemon said they're so conflicting because everyone has their own bias too mm -hmm. so um but yeah i think it's really interesting that we're all kind of like on the same page when it comes to balancing which i kind of wasn't expecting i really thought i was very alone and like not putting too much thought into the balance changes and just kind of like trusting the process and going with the flow um because yeah like women said I, there's no way i'm ever going to understand every single little detail and unless i do understand every little single detail like i don't feel like my opinion is going to be the best for the game yeah and I, and I like that they change it up a lot like keep the game fresh right like i don't want to steal game change it maybe it's a the season for Arissa or whatever, and she pops off and people climb <laughs> for a bit, and then they nerf her, and then they all fall down. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, that's fun, yeah, right? For same. a little bit. If it, as long as they kind of spice it up and your character's not always terrible for two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I get to play, I play, I play Overwatch almost every day, and I don't play the same hero like every game. Like, I, I literally change it up almost every single game. Like, one game I'll start as Ana, but end as Lifeweaver. I'll start as Lifeweaver and as Kiriko, or I'll go in as Mercy and Kiriko. Like, I'm able to play so many different support heroes uh in the day and i love that i love going to a game and being like okay let's see what is what's our tank gonna be what does our dps look like and then picking my sport hero based on that i love that i i love that i feel like i'm constantly playing a different sport hero with a different tank every game it's never the <laughs> same thing and that to me is great because whenever over like overwatch one got so stale at one point where it was like the same meta like you had to pick this you had to support this tank and you had i hated it I it made me like really dislike overwatch for the longest time and it was so stale and i'm really happy that i thoroughly enjoy playing overwatch 2 which is amazing considering how much i really started to not like overwatch 1 towards the end like it was really bad like it was hard i felt like i was forcing myself to play the game and to stream it and I was not having fun. It was not a good time. But Overwatch 2, people ask me all the time, like, oh, what do you think about Overwatch 2? And going to 5v5. I personally have enjoyed playing Overwatch 2 so much. And I think that also being like a casual, like, plat rank has also helped with that mentality of not overthinking too much and just trusting the process, going with the flow, focusing on myself. Like, I love feeling like I'm doing well and I'm, you know, doing really cool plays and i'm like oh my god like that's what's exciting for me that's what makes the game fun for me and being able to switch it up all the time makes it fun for me um so i get really confused when i see a lot of like frustration and stuff sometimes because i don't feel the same frustrations a lot of time like i'm having fun <laughs> so 
I feel like yeah. you take the frustration out of me because I've like played with you a few times and I usually get really frustrated and I play with you and you're so PMA and so nice and I'm like, <laughs> we're losing and I'm having fun because Cupcake is here just doing our best. Dude, and, you know, I we loved lose. playing with y'all. I had so much fun. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I love getting to su play support alongside Lemon Kiwi and like, I have like clips still from that game and it was so much it was fun. So fun. Yeah. Yes. That's what like Overwatch just needs to return to is like I think people took it so seriously and we're all just trying to mm. climb and like flex that oh this is our peak and this is this and yeah. we're Your a top ranked streamer and it's like oh we gotta play meta and we gotta swap and we gotta win and we gotta sweat our asses <laughs> off in order to to like care have a carry performance to turn a game around and then once I kind of I dialed back like and I played with Cupcake or play with other streamers who are just like obviously who like have to stream overwatch all the time so they can't sweat and they can't just like go a, a x games mode every every game because that would be exhausting and just like mentally draining so you take a step back and you just kind of play the heroes you want and have fun and you know if you lose like you something funny happens you laugh about it you don't get pissed and, mm. and like playing with people like her has like changed the way that i uh, have like approached the game well it's like me and svb we like when we used to duo back in the day we were both we were both like trying our asses off um obviously he was taking a step down at like what elo he usually plays at and i'm sure he had this whole experience in my elo but we were like trying our asses off one because i was trying to impress like all the gms that would come and like play with me whether it was like svb or someone else like i'm trying to prove that it, like I, i'm not that bad you know so i'm sweating when i'm playing with like hiring mm. people um but when I play with people more like my rank or lower rank that I have more fun, I'm more chill about it. And like, I feel my whole attitude changes depending on what like goal I have in mind, what people I play with. Not saying that SVP brought out the toxicity, but we both like understand what dog shit is. And we uh, sometimes like to call it out or sometimes we, we like to think it out loud to ourselves. So like, yeah, it was, it was funny though. I had fun. Yeah, no, I mean, pfft. Those were uh, those were some dark days, to be honest. When the shit was like, <laughs> what do you mean? It's just let me keep cooking some guy in team chat always. So <laughs> hey, you were there too, man. You you cooked them too. <laughs> it wasn't just me. Yeah, I mean, I did. I I I tried to keep my cooking private. Your cooking was on blast. I feel like I feel like the cooking uh... took place. Um, that, but that's I always, that sucks too about being. I always enjoyed our games. Uh, I always enjoyed our games. <laughs> Go ahead, Bane. That's the only thing that sucks about being gold is like all the homies are GMs, right? Like all the streamers I watch, I'd want to do content with. Um, it's kind of sad. But what I so but what I've been doing though is I have been grouping more because I like I don't want to get carried either, right? Like I've got some mm. values for that. But what I've been doing is like, you know, Balls of Dive Dive Hero, do you want to put work on Tracer, right? So they find some cursed account that can play with me and like have them work on a hero they don't usually cursed. play with, right? They get to kinda kinda <laughs> Kind of practice something, and it usually, like, I don't really usually get carried too hard from that. So I've been—that's how I've been kind of enjoying playing with some of my higher ranked friends, and still feel a little bit ethical about it. Uh this this does bring in a good discussion point about. I mean, I think everyone agrees that Overwatch is more fun when you're playing with your friends, you're playing with your homies. Uh, and I think that that's been <laughs> so, something that's been felt people have felt is like missing the the facilities to get there like obviously the lfg is gone and i've heard a lot of people say that they they wish it was back but of course it's also like a mm -hmm. bunch of stacking restrictions which i believe are going to be season 10 onwards like i know they're not coming next season but potentially season 10 onwards they're going to be removing a lot of the stacking restrictions but not all of them 
Do you guys feel like there's anything more that Overwatch could do or should do to kind of make playing with your homies a little bit easier? Um, no, looking like... for group was so big. I made so many friends just... Even I would go into quick play as like warm up and like do that. Or I would look for group and like find a fellow support mate. And it's like that really sucks that they took that away. Because now I only solo queue because, you know, same thing, like homies are in GMs and I made a lot of friends and usually in LFG, it was people who like wanted to try, like it would say in the title, either like with, if it wasn't some pervy ass thing, it would be like, uh, like, oh, I, w I really want to try hard. Or you could tell it's like, oh, I'm making friends or having fun. And then I would pop into those groups and then queue. And that was like the most fun. I made a lot of friends doing that. I have zero clue why they got rid of that. And I'm guessing it's wow. because GMs can't stack or whatever, but like in the lower elos, that was like the best way to find like a nice little group and because you knew that one they had mics and two they were they wanted to communicate and three that they cared enough that they wanted to find a group um so that would be a huge That's fix true. i think i wonder if if it's because some people i wonder if it wasn't used as much as they intended or something because i'll be honest i never really used it i, I literally solo queue only like, it is very rare. Like, I think the last time I played with, like, friends was when I played with Lemon Kiwi and Leg Day and stuff. And that was a long time ago at this point. Like, months ago. Um, I only solo queue. And I don't know why it is that I am so um, insistent on solo queuing. But I do. And, and I do feel like... Sometimes I'll think, like, oh, man, I wish there was a way to, like, find people in my rank to play with and then i remember lfg was literally a thing that i didn't use right so i'm like mm, my bad like if maybe if i use it or more people used it maybe they would have kept it um i'm not sure why they took it away either i kind of wish the option was still there but it's not and i'm not good at making friends and even even in um random games like i'm solo queuing and every once in a while like even in the last week i've had at least two different games where the entire lobby was so much fun like so like great energy like we won the game like we're really coordinated and it was nice and then they'll be like do you guys want to stay as a group and i don't and i go on to keep solo queuing and i don't know what it is about my mentality maybe because that's happened before where it's only that game and then the next game is like complete ass and you're like shit how do i get out of this group you know what i mean <laughs> so um so i just I'm like no i'm just gonna like re-roll and try again and see what i what luck i get in the next game um so i don't know if it's um i don't know my obviously i know people are upset about the restrictions and whatnot um but i know nothing about it because i literally only solo queue <laughs> and i think yeah i mostly solo Oh, I I, I'm the same way. I mostly. I, oh, go ahead. You finish. Finish. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's a way. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I think that the reason why I'm so like used to solo queuing was because of the beginning of Overwatch. The mentality of like you have to be good. You have to prove yourself. And I remember I had an account that I would play like for fun off stream, and people were like, "Oh, you got carried and all this stuff." And I made the <laughs> point too. I made a new account. I only played it on stream. I only solo queued, and then I still made it to GM. And I was like, "See," and it was like this really like horrible mentality of oh i have to prove myself and i don't feel that way anymore about like having to prove myself because i literally do not care whatsoever um but i think it just kind of is like stuck with me and i just got used to playing by myself 
So anyways, go on. Yeah. So I play solo too because I'm also streaming, by the way. And guess what? I'm an introvert. So like to keep up with chat, like I care about chat more than I care about my SR, right? Mm -hmm. My Twitch chat. So like that's why I mostly solo queue. Now what I've been doing to actually do a little bit more is I've been asking other streamers that I hang out with and we kind of have the same vibe. I've been asking them to do more. And I've actually doing like two, two, almost three duos a week. Um, and that's been kind of nice. So that's how I kind of do a little bit more. And it's been pretty fun if you find, you know, the right vibes to go with. Okay. They don't well, feel yeah. like a secluded person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think <laughs> one facet of why maybe LFG didn't work and why, or maybe, you know, again, I think maybe it didn't get enough usage as they were hoping it would. And maybe their internal data showed that not that many people were using it is that. It felt like games just got harder when you stacked, right? I remember, I remember, I stacked a fair mm. amount in Overwatch One, and I had like this stack that I used to do with like Nathan and Frito. We used to do a, a stack quite regularly, and we would just always get really mad at how bad the games got when we stacked because mm. it'd be like each of us could play solo queue, and we'd be having a pretty comfortable time. But then the minute we're like trio, we'd have like some guy in our team who's like not played in two years like you look at his profile he hasn't played in two years the enemy team have like everyone is like a rank higher or it's like you know back you know watch one it'd be like there was quite obviously a smurf you know you could tell there was like level 25 and it felt like the game was was trying to punish you and even even if it wasn't sabotaging you in that way it would put you up against another stack who would be better than your average team which means that they're gonna you know be harder than a normal solo queue game so i think that that was one of the major reasons i remember that like not wanting to stack so much is that I was like, why am I getting harder games with my homies? Like, I, I want to play and have fun with my homies, but it feels like we have to, like, try twice as hard. We're going to lose more than if I just solo queued. And on top of, obviously, some of the things you mentioned, which are, like, streamer problems, which is, like, well, you want to talk to your chat when you're streaming and, you know, you want to be able to focus on them. And it's hard to talk to other people when you're also, like, you know, muting yourself constantly so you can talk to chat. is like, mm. a bit of a pain. Um, True. So I do think though, but on the bigger picture, I think I think the fact that they had these like soft punishments for stacking, that like, they weren't hard punishments. They weren't actively telling you, hey, by the way, when you stack, your game's gonna get harder. They're like secret <laughs> punishments that mm. you know it softly discourage you from stacking. I feel like those I understand why they occur, because obviously if there wasn't any account like let's say they created a rank system where there was no accounting for stacking, right? if you were three stack or not, it didn't it didn't change the matchmaker then it would be a tangible benefit. Like, you would have to stack because then yeah. as a solo queue player, you're at a disadvantage because you're not already coordinating people. And maybe solo queue players would feel unfairly treated because, you know, everyone hates to be the one solo queue player in a team with, like, a four stack or something, right? Or, you know, you're mm-hmm. like oh, there's a three stack in a, or two duos or something and they don't, they're talking amongst themselves and they're not interested. So, like, all those things feel really bad. And presumably the the dominant number of players play as solo queue. But all that being said, I do still think that there could have been a better solution without punishing you so hard for stacking while, you know, not necessarily making it mandatory. I think it would be, there's there's a middle ground somewhere that encourages people to stack because that is, I think, as you guys have all pointed out, like it's really fun. And that social aspect is what makes Overwatch kind of, that makes the experience more lasting than just endlessly solo queue hitting next next game next game next game right mm-hmm. do you guys have any more thoughts you want to share on like social features and, and that kind of element before we move on to the next topic um no okay right. so. nope okay okay well let's move on i'll i'll drop in this question I, having already heard you guys's responses to different things i'm not sure it's going to get much of a spicy response 
But do you guys think that Elo Hell is real? Because this is another often metal Ooh. rank topic where people feel like so to explain what Elo Hell is, Elo Hell is the idea that there are certain ranks across the system when you're when you're doing like a climbing base ladder, that there are certain ranks where playing well is 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 actually like a punishment in some way. Like basically trying to do the right things actually get you punished and, and teach you bad habits because everyone else in your in your rank is doing such stupid things that you end up suffering for quote unquote playing correctly. So in that or perhaps you have your own slightly different definition, do you guys think that Elo Hell is real? Cupcake, you kind of went ooh off the rip because i've been asked this question before and mm -hmm. um and i i don't even remember what i said it was a few months ago and i'm very like kind of torn so yeah i think you're right you're not gonna get like super spicy like yeah or no um i'm kind of torn <laughs> because uh for one i i mean okay there are a lot of situations where i'm looking at my random teammates and just wild things that they're doing or, you know, I, we still do get people that just blatantly throw or people that, like, you know, DC and, like, you're going to lose those games. And it's, like, it does happen fairly often. And it does feel like it's holding you back. Um, so when those things happen, it gets frustrating because you're like, okay, this, 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 and this, and this all happen completely out of my control. There's nothing I can do about it, yet I am being punished for it. But at the same time, I'm also very aware that I'm also in the situation because of myself. So if I was like constantly watching like YouTube tutorials and like constantly like polishing up on every uh, everything that I can be doing perfectly correct, um, then maybe I would have an easier time climbing. But like I said, I just enjoy just playing the game. I like figuring things out on my own and, and whatnot. So I also know that it's kind of a balance between, yes, there's other, like, there's other players that are holding me back sometimes, but then there's also myself that holds myself back sometimes. And I'm very aware of that. So I can't really say, like I said, I don't like to say anymore, like, oh, I'm hard stuck plat because... A, I'm not really trying, like, it's not my goal to be getting out of it anyway, because I don't mind. Like I said, I have a lot of really good positive games in Plat, and that is a better, far, far better experience to me as a whole playing the game than what my rank says I am. Um, and if I really wanted to get out of Plat, I'm sure I really could try. I could also play when I'm not streaming and distracted by reading chat and stuff, which is like, not my chat's fault either but i do like <laughs> like babe said my focus is like having a time and i i am constantly looking at chat i'm constantly reading chat i'm constantly having conversations i'm constantly multitasking while playing overwatch so the fact that i'm able to do as well as i do in plat games while also like having conversations the whole time like is you know not bad but if what if i did play more off stream and I didn't have any distractions, and I just, you know, like, you know, I probably would have a better time climbing, but again, it's not really my focus. So, um, for me, I don't really think too much about Elo Hell or getting, like, hard stuck, to be honest. Not anymore, anyway. Not anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel like, for me, ahead, there was two, two big Elo Hells that I've experienced. One, like, was that one time where i did my placements with like a silver and i didn't know mmr and i got placed gold and then i was like oh yeah gold like i'm 
usually a diamond player so whatever easy clap right and then i played gold and i my two elo hells that I'll, I'll start with naming them is gold and diamond in my opinion gold i feel like and no shade to golds or below okay i'm just saying what i'm noticing is people doing whatever the heck they want it's kind of deathmatch it's a wild west over there where everyone's kind of playing selfishly everyone's just doing their own thing they don't kind of understand the team environment there's like serious foundational issues whether it's like positioning mechanics hero flexibility like everything needs work and there's not like a foundation there that i've noticed and or if there is they play their own game and you'll have like the one dps that pops off and everyone else is like doing their own thing um so i had to completely make a new account and like made do my placements place higher than gold and then i was chilling getting out of like plot to go to diamond um and then my other elo hell was diamond i've been in diamond like for forever and then i got to masters like this past season so i feel like diamond a lot of the players have a foundation in like one department whether it's like positioning understanding of the game or hero flexibility or mechanics and a lot of the time i feel like diamond players have solid mechanics or like decent mechanics and then decent positioning but to like get to the master's level you need to be like excelling at the very least at one of those things or they really need to like go to the next level and they just have like a foundation in one of those things and that's gotten that's enough to get them to that level but then they're so lost on other things like for example i feel like i have a good understanding of positioning but my mechanics are just not master's gm level and there are, i play characters that kind of need it um or there are people who are just really mechanically good, but then have zero brain. Like your your Hanzos that look like Smurfs are at this level, but then they just like feed or frontline or do stupid shit. Um, and I feel like they don't realize sometimes what their issues are because they have such a good foundation in one of those departments, or they just can't improve to to excel at that point. So I've been the most hard stuck in, in gold, which I just made a new account and I was fine, and diamond um, for those reasons. Interesting. Very That's true. I do agree with those points. They're very relatable to what I experience <laughs> as well, actually. I think I'm just so used to them. I'm like, this is life. Like, this is, this is just <laughs> this how is it life. is. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm curious to, to get Bame's opinion now, because Bame, you obviously spent a lot of time in gold, as Lemon and Kiwi talked about. And My bad. Yeah, you, you <laughs> My kinda... bad I didn't know you were gold. <laughs> no, no, he spent, like, you, you're, you, you bounce in and out, so I think you go through all the things, but how do you feel about what was described there? Oh, yeah, I think all that's valid for sure, what what uh, everyone's been saying so far. Um, I, so I don't I don't really think Eagle Hell exists so, as much as people think. Let me at least put it that way. One Eagle Hell is fucking low bronze, though, man. That shit is a hell you never want to be in. <laughs> Those games are the most lopsided garbage pieces of trash ever. So, and I know this because I was bronze with everything, right? And then I climbed my tank to, like, gold. And then I feel like the games are so random in bronze. And, like... <laughs> The, the tiniest amount of things that can can like carry a team or whatever so it's like it, it's so wild dude but like what I find so okay I got to gold on tank and then I was still in bronze but once I got out of bronze on both DPS and support it took me one season to get to gold on both of those guys in overwatch 1 so I feel like the games are so shit in bronze like good luck 
you better hope you're praying to the right gods, okay? But once you get silver, I think the games are actually like mildly legit. And basically to get out of bronze and silver, I tell people just work on your positioning, bro. That's probably why you're like, and <laughs> yeah. what's infuriating about being a platinum ball playing and play, and then, but playing as like a silver Zenyatta is silvers think they're invincible if they're in mid and jumpy and dude. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's the meta is being a silver and jump down mid and they're never going to get shot. And like, I'm sitting there as Zen, I'm like, bro, you're going to die, dude. Like that guy actually has aim, like jumping down mid ain't going to save you, bro. And then they die and they're like, why can't I get heals from Zen, bro? I'm like, dude, why don't you hug a fucking wall, man? Like, I don't know, dude. Once you get to gold, I feel like you need to actually be good at something to get out of gold. And then, I don't know, from plat, it just kind of progresses from there, I think. That's kind of what I've been thinking. Now, like, I'm pretty much plat. I'd say I'm mostly hard star plat, but I'm I'm trying to get, get out. Like, I think to get out of that, I need to increase my hero pool, right? So I've been working with LSAV, and I'm working on Zarya and Sigma so I can um, brawl and uh, poke a bit. To I think that's going to get me out of um, platinum and into diamond sustainably. Yeah. I like yeah. how you mentioned the wall because that is also a very big thing in plat where people do not utilize cover. Like people very much in plat expect to be able to just like go out into the open like 1v5 and like be able to survive with both your healers pocketing you and stuff and that does get really frustrating like being like yo just like use the corner a little bit use like use some like do something not instead of just being like I'm here in the open and I expect to live through everything. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. And that is not very understood and plat, I feel like. So I like that you mentioned the mm -hmm. use the wall. <laughs> Especially in tanks, I feel like uh, one part of Overwatch, at least playing tanks, is understanding the level that your teammates are at and what mm -hmm. you can get away with. Um, yeah. Tanks, like as a tank, like I think how I got to Masters was kind of. I don't have like faker mechanics or or proper mechanics, whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, but it's based on like what you can get away with, and I think with good positioning and understanding how much where your peak healers are at, because you can have uh like you can if you have insane healers, you could do a lot more. Mm -hmm. And if you realize how much you can do, you can do more. But if you're not able to measure what your team's production is, then you are in situations where you 1v5. We're in a situ or not 1v5, but in a situation where you want to push high ground. You want a 1v2. I think tanks can take 1v2s if they have, or I guess not 1v2s if you have a support, but like if your supports are preoccupied or they're just not that good, they're not playing the heroes that can support you well, and you don't kind of understand your composition or what your production of your supports are, then you're doing things that would be normal for your tank or for your position to do, but because you your tank or your supports aren't that good, your DPS aren't whatever, whatever, then then you fail at doing something that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then that's when you go to blame other people, whatever. But as soon as you understand, like, what your composition is supposed to do and how they're supporting you, and mm. you measure, you you adapt your playstyle to what your composition, what you what your healers can produce reasonably at their mechanics, at their level, then, you know, you won't die as much. And I think being able to understand your composition and your teammates helps you survive a lot more on tank. And I think people like, especially in plat diamond tank level, they'll go in, die, where maybe it wasn't the wrong thing to do. Like it depends the situation, but then the supports aren't there to, to help them. And then they'll immediately blame the supports where sometimes that is fucking valid. Sometimes supports are the reason team fights can't be very productive. 
Um, so you, but the tank also needs to realize, are you going in with supports paying attention to you? And are you playing at the level that your supports can keep up with? And I've played with Reinhardts that feed their asses off. But because I'm an Ana who is just pocketing them, and I think I'm a, I'm a good, decent yes. Ana, I can keep up with that. But if feeder Ryan, but if feeder Ryan with any other support would probably just be dead, go zero and twenty. So it's like really important to know how your team is working with you and what they can do, and then tailoring how aggressive you are based off of that. Hundred percent, like literally. I as you were saying that, I was literally <laughs> thinking of the games where I'm Anna and there's a Ryan that's just like going like ham, yeah. and I'm like, let's go, and like <laughs> making them live through the most insane shit ever. And you're like, yeah, and you're just thinking, and it like, works. Right? If this wasn't me, this would not be happening right now. And it's <laughs> it's fun, but yeah, you're totally right. They don't know when to pull back sometimes. And then those trust issues when you get passive tanks. Yeah, mm -hmm. people are too. I'm starting to realize I need to, I need to pay attention to my teammates a little bit more. I've been kind of realizing that too. I gotta kind of feed, <laughs> feed it a little you, bit. You know, that's what I always say. But I think what's tough about Baldo is I feel like I don't really die that much, but I'm maybe I'm not doing anything because I'm not helping my teammates do anything, right? Like maybe because I'm not dying doesn't mean I'm doing anything though necessarily, right? Even though I'm rolling around in the back line, I don't know. Yeah, things, I love things helping like are... tanks. Like I, a lot of times my priority is like. I'm gonna make sure my tank lives, you know, like, and DPS are like, I need healing. I'm like, I want to keep my tank alive. <laughs> this is my priority. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that if I were like playing with you, babe, I would be like, okay, what do you need from me to help you? Like, help me help you. That's like totally yeah. my motto. And especially like in games all the time, people start complaining or they're like, why isn't this? Da, da, da. And I'm like, cause I'm dying and I'm asking for help. Literally help me so I can help you. That is my job. That's how this works. So yeah. Yeah. My comms a lot when I'm playing Ana or just like any support as much like is the hand holding I have to do. It's not like where to, where you should go or who you should be targeting is I'm I'm kind of helping them measure aggression because I think tanks, the hardest thing to figure out is when and how far to go in because mm. you don't have an off tank that supports you. The people who are supporting you are your healers and tanks at like at our level don't like turn around or don't communicate and don't like understand mm -hmm. the state of the fight. So it's really important for the backline people, I think, to have mics. And when I'm on Ana, I'm telling someone like, I got you, I got you, go, 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 I got mm -hmm. you. And then that confidence helps them go forward, helps them be aggressive, helps them be comfortable. Because I think playing solo tank at low elo is so uncomfortable because it's all on you. Like the fight mm -hmm. makes or breaks around you, in my opinion. Um, and if a support can just like give you that, because it's hard to trust people when you're just playing playing with randoms. As a tank, I'm constantly having trust issues of like, can I really go in? I have to turn around. I have to see if like, okay, you got me, do you got me? Or I'm like physically looking at them. But as a support, I think the most helpful thing you can do is just communicate that, hey, I'm with you, let's go. Or, hey, let's wait a second, I'm doing this. And e you don't even have to like direct the fight or a target or a position. You can just say, I'm with you or I'm not. Because yeah. once you have that kind of coordination between the tank and support, like things aren't just going to fall over at, at step one. Step one is like moving forward and taking space or taking a position. And if you can't even do that properly, then like there's no point of bitching about mechanics or, or your matchups or anything. Like you need to be able to flow through a fight properly. And when, and low elo tanks don't understand how to do that. So I try to handhold in, in that type of way.
Yeah, same. Because that's yeah. where the what? coordination comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the funnest duos I had is with Shell Bebop, who's a, a Ryan main, right? But he was oh, playing yeah. Anna for my Reinhardt, and he's going to teach me how to play Ryan. But he was like, leading, he was telling me what to do on Reinhardt as he was Anna. He's like, go in, I got you, bro. And I was yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. feeding hard. That was so fun. You ever try to have like an Anna com a Reinhardt? Try that. That's a fun it's experiment. One of my it was, fun, yeah. I, but I don't ever see anyone do it, but I, I, I had fun. I want to try that again, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think this is, you know, this is like a microcosm of like, I think general helpful communication is like trying to help fill in the gap of what the role doesn't see potentially, right? So I think it's like for a tank, the hardest thing to, to know is what's behind you. And I think that's where a support mm-hmm. sees, sees everything in front of them in theory. Like if you're playing well, you should see everything in front of you. And I mm-hmm. also know like how, like I, when if I, if I, if I don't call much any, anymore, but if I am playing support and I'm calming, I would definitely be doing that and i remember one of my most memorable duos was when i when i played with ml and he was playing support to my tank and it, it became a meme in my chat because he was saying it so often where he'd just be like i've still got mo i still got mo so like just to let me know that like i can keep going right like i've still got mo i still got mo you know you can keep you don't have to stop i still got mo i still got like i'm still holding it still got mo so like just letting your tank know that you have like a certain resource ready for them is like you know I got nano. Just, I got nano. <laughs> got yeah, nano. I still got. I still got nano. I still got. It's fine. I got you. I, I I see you. I got Nate. Or again, if I got emo, I've still got Suzu. Right? Like I've still got Suzu. Don't worry about it. I still got Suzu. Bam, yeah. you got something you want to add to that? Oh, no, I want to do that, man. I might be locking Anna, and when I get that Reinhardt, I'm like, just keep going, bro. Keep going, bro. Charge, bro. <laughs> that sounds like a party, man. Don't yeah. charge, bro. <laughs> it's really, you know, I think, no, I think it's charge, really helpful. No, charge, bro. Charge, bro. <laughs> And again, it's like similarly, you can help, you know, you can help your DPS by letting them know that like a certain thing that's stopping them is, is gone, right? Like, oh, Torb turret's down, right? You know, you can go, if you're Tracer, you can go now. Or like, their Kiriko doesn't mm-hmm. have Suzu right now. If you're Genji, you can go. Like, this is maybe your chance to go with your blade or whatever, right? So the, these are helpful. I think I think the, the wider point that you guys are, are talking about is, is I think one of the most underrated skills of climbing uh, that I always try to emphasize is like adaptability. I think is actually maybe the most important key yeah. to climbing is like actually because i think people when when this discussion of elo hell to bring it back to the original topic comes about people would say it's because well i'm trying to do this in gold and that's not working versus like i'm trying to do this in plat and it's working and it's that's because like you have to adapt to the lobby you're put in right even within a rank some games you're in a lobby like and this happens again i i this happens all the way in gm right you'll get in a gm game that's like sweaty. There's like top 500 players. They all know exactly what they're doing. And all of a sudden you have to like make sure everything you do is precise. And in the next game, it's like chickens running around, like some guys in Narnia flanking, you know, the other guys like AFK, like half the time not playing. Other guys one tricking some like really obtuse hero that doesn't make sense here. And you just have to like the best way to, to come out of the, the right side of all that is just to adapt in that lobby. And that's very hard. It's like a really underrated skill. And hard to quantify. Like, it's hard for anyone else to really realistically teach you in a simple principle. Oh, when that's happening, do this. Because every game is kind of unique to some extent. And some random scenario that you never predicted is occurring right now. And you have to make the mm-hmm. right decision. And only by, like, you know, a thousand hours of trial and error can you come to the right call of, like, okay, actually, this is what I this is what I should do right now. And obviously, there's, like, so much more complicated factor that makes it hard to feel like you're always climbing for when you're improving, right? You know, like the the certain maps can be wrong. Like sometimes it's the GG. That the the truth is, sometimes 
you can end up in a game and no matter how good you play, it's it's a loss. Or unless you were like literally one of the best players yeah. ever, it's a loss, right? Because I think sometimes you'll see people who do like unranked GMs who are like really, really good. They'd kind of be like, put me in this lobby and, I, and I'd win. It's like, yeah, no doubt you would because you're that good. Like I'm sure you on this hero would win, but I'm not that good and I'm trying to be slightly better, right? I'm trying to be like, mm. if it's a plat game, maybe I'm good enough to be diamond, but I'm not, I'm not good enough to be GM. So I'm not going to make mm. such a huge swing. So yes, theoretically someone else could just dominate, but you can't necessarily pull that out all of a sudden. And you just have to accept that. Like, I think this game was a loss for now, for these reasons, I'm just going to try my best and I'm going to move on. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's yellow hell because this is a team game after all. And five other people are in the enemy team and four other people are in your team. And one of them is going to feel like they successfully played well and won. Or many of them are going to feel that way. And you have to balance those in between your own personal experience of feeling like you popped off, but you still lost. Because that will happen. Yeah. 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 The, what, what, what I like to do is I like to, in, like from a PMA perspective, I try not to put anything on my teammates. I like to point out that, hey, that, that Tracer on the other team, that guy is pretty good. He's not going to be gold very much longer, right? Like, I think it's more try to identify, holy shit, that other team, like, they're wild they're good like this is a gg go next and yeah like if you win six out of ten games you're doing really good right who's <laughs> gonna lose yeah. four yeah absolutely 60 percent win rate is very good and it's hard to see it that's that's just the problem with the watch is that there's so many things that knock you back it's hard to sometimes see if you are progressing because yeah 60 percent win rate is very good it's going to get you climbing but it takes you a long time to actually climb a significant amount and a lot of games before that 60 percent shows so yeah it feels like even when i go five and oh and then the next round and go five and one i still like barely move up and it's like how much better can i do than five and oh and i'm like still it's like eh, you can go one <laughs> you know like uh but then you know, lose, I've, I've, so fast i've got the, uh, the opposite of that has happened to me a few times which is almost as infuriating it's really weird is when i go when i win like five like Sorry, when I go like five and fourteen and only go down from like silver two to silver one, it's like, come on, that guy should be that should hurt way more than that, but it didn't. I don't know. I get like that's happened to me like four times in the last two seasons, and I'm like, what is this garbage? Like does does that mean the games I've gotten have been that atrocious against me that I only fell one rank <laughs> on 14 lost card? Well, I think I this know, actually this weird. actually leads well to Another topic that I wanted to touch on is is the rank system itself. So I think that's another asset that or facet that makes Elo Hell feel more real is the obscurity of like why are you climbing? Why am I not climbing? Because yeah. as you guys you will all have had these experiences of just like being completely bewildered by a certain, you know, placement that you did and you're like, what? That only resulted in this and that only resulted in that. Like to give a very clear example, like yesterday I, I went back on an account I hadn't played in a while and I was like, this kind of fucking curse. And I, uh, I played like two games <laughs> and like I lost. And then I realized that I had lost so much in the previous account that I had my first ever 15 losses placement, right? I have until now, I'd never like lost enough games to have the placement come through that way. And I, and I, I like lost 15 games and I was like, oh shit, that sucks. And it dropped me like one, like yeah. you know, tier, one tier division. I was like, huh, okay, that's not so bad. And then the next placement, I went positive and went down again. So it was like, yeah. it was obviously just like a hangover from the first 15 is that it just took mm. a while to adjust my tier division. 
But that's stupid, right? Like it's it's counterintuitive because as a player, I'm supposed to believe that my placement has placed me where I'm supposed to be. But actually, no, it was just kind of lying the first time and the second time is actually moving. So, I mean, it's going to be good. I think for most people, they're happy that we're changing the, the system so it's a bit more clarity. But I am yeah. curious to your guys' opinion because I think ostensibly the justification for the new system, this current system changed from Overwatch 1, is that it helps with like ranked anxiety and that's going to help a lot of like, you know, your average player play more often. So did you guys feel like that was something that happened to you? Like, did you feel like there were benefits to the new rank system or was it mostly bad? I like the, the what, seven win thing. I had a lot of ranked anxiety and because it was always like minus 50 plus this plus, and it was like, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. And it's weird because I don't get that as much in League where it is based off of like minuses and pluses like that. But I feel like they have more tiers of like gold one, gold two, gold three, gold four. And it feels more, uh, there's more divisions there. But anyway, um, yeah, I think there is a lot of obscurity just to touch upon that. Um, but I feel like there's just not enough resources out there. I feel like a lot of educational streamers... Uh, don't exist anymore there's like very few educational content just doesn't perform well and there's not a lot of there's just no third-party software um that 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 exists for overwatch when i play like any other game there's a website or a software that can help me identify problems like in, in tft which is again completely different game i still think this can be applied in some ways of it'll tell me oh you did this wrong this wrong this wrong or you didn't do this 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 and i feel like in there could be an overwatch software that that looks like okay, here's your accuracy, here's how many times you've been first-blooded or the first to die in a fight, here's your output versus the average output. I like that Riot has, like, a ranking of, like, here's your performance and here's how it stacks up based on people at your rank. So you can be, like, instead of being, like, oh, I did more damage than DPS or, oh, I did the most <laughs> healing in the game or blah, 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 blah. And it's, like, is that even good? Like, you... you like, I'm so glad that Overwatch has stats now so you can do a little bit of self-reflection. Mm. It's not just, like, these gold medals that don't mean anything and you can, like, compare and contrast. But, like, I'd love to see, like, where my average falls for other people of my level so I could say, like, hey, I had a less productive uh, um, game here. Or, hey, I, like, for example, Ana, like, oh, I, I'm a heal bot Ana, but I do very low DPS compared to the average Ana. And I think that would get, like, even just stats like that, I think would be so easy to implement to take the averages so that at least it gives you an idea of, like, am I good or not on a person? So it gives you something to self-reflect on instead of stats of other people to, like, give you a reason to be toxic for. And maybe there's, like, I feel like a software could be like, hey, you're picking uh, this support into this tank that's going to dive the shit out of you. It's, like, your counter. Are you sure you want, like, just saying... Just saying you're, you are playing a hero that is getting countered right now, would you like to consider this, 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 this? Or, like, just software that would, like, maybe suggest things like that, that would review your stats, that would give you tips. Like, I have software for League of Legends that, if I play a certain champion, will be like, here's how to combine your abilities, and here's how most people play this. Or they'll link, um, here are players that are, like experts at that hero or at that champion that you can go to their streams and you can like review their content there's just like no helpful information out there about overwatch and it's like people will watch top 500 streams but they're not exactly explaining every little decision or why they're swapping to this or why this works this way and there's like you know a few educational streamers out there 
but I, I, people have to rely on their own opinions of the game and then we wonder why we're all just like arguing because there is no like right guide anywhere on overwatch and i really think it would be nice to have third-party software for overwatch that can like help you improve at the game i would love that because that's also something you can just do on your own time like you don't have to like rely on one person's play style or like you know watch youtube videos and stuff that are like can be really hard but like seeing a comparative like people can say like oh do this do this do this and gg but i think you're right like seeing like numbers and statistics like side by side or like i think that would be beneficial for me as well because then i could see yeah, like okay where performance am, or yeah a. where am i like <laughs> lacking and what do i need to work on not just like in that game because like it's hard to compare just that one game you know with like those random people but like seeing it as a whole would be awesome i think there used to be something like in overwatch one the very beginning of it because there was something that i was using to like see my like where i ranked uh in comparison to like other mercies because like when i first started playing overwatch and like i was like mercy one trick and i was like i'm gonna be the best mercy ever and that's how i hit gm but i was looking at like stats of other players and i was using that to see what i needed to work on i don't remember what it was but i don't think maybe overbuff exists anymore maybe but i don't i just i don't look at anything like that does anyone does that even exist do we use that anymore i think it's it got a lot worse once private profiles came in because it couldn't oh, access right. it couldn't okay. access all the data i mean i think or like orb mm. still exists but i think it's like become increasingly less it's not accurate like as yeah. Um, and unreliable for that reason. I I, I think mm -hmm. Lemon brings up a great point, and I think that like to give an example, Dota Two has like you can monetize it. Dota Two has a Dota Plus, where you can play like I think it's five to ten. Like I think it's five dollars a month, and it gives you like full detailed breakdowns of like everything. Firstly, in the game, it'll like tell you like it can help you with item purchases, so it can tell you like you know usually. At this stage of the game, a person who's playing your hero would buy these items or one of these items pick, you know, you can pick, but this is like a potential build. This is a potential build you can go for. This is a potential build. And it can also tell you like at this point, this point in time, usually, you know, they, you should have like five kills, two deaths, and like the average is five kills, two deaths, and three assists or something. And you can kind of adapt or you can know, you can, you know, you can know like, okay, actually my game's going pretty bad. So that's why I'm not as high or actually I'm hitting those numbers or, you know, I've got these number last hits on creeps. Or whatever it is. So th these are like helpful performances. And obviously out of the game you can compare your statistics. And you can see how you're doing. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And I think these are all really really helpful. I remember four, like five years ago probably. Maybe more. When I was like first getting into content creation. As like an educational content creator. I made like a video being like. Blizzard you should make a system that lets people teach people. Like exactly how kind of Lemon was describing it. Where I was like. I even made like a little visual mock-up where i was like you know because in again in dota you can have guides like guide makers can write a guide for every hero and you can like select out of like a list that'll be in the in all the in-game you can select a list that'll be like okay i want to select this type of guide and then that person will tell you like select these levels that you know at level one pick i usually like to pick this and this is how i use it at level two i pick this and this is how i use it and then the items again they, they can kind of tell you you should buy this item but if it's going badly buy this item and I remember making like this mock-up. I was like, okay, well, you know, let's say if it's King's Row, you can select like a guide from, you know, SVB. And it tells you they're like, hey, on King's Row as Ana, I usually position here. But if my, you know, tank is playing here, I'll position in this spot. And like a little, you know, a little overlay pop-up just comes up and says like, you know, usually I like to play here or, 
or there or you know usually the threat on this map is that someone comes from here and you should think about that like just little you know it's not going to be perfect it's not going to be it's not going to like be helpful though fix yeah but it's like a potential starter i think it's really hard for people it can be very overwhelming to start and just these little things like whenever i play these games they're just they're just like help me feel less anxious i think about what i'm That's doing true though because yeah, i feel like i, I have a guiding hand legends and yeah, I used to follow guides like on what builds I should be doing as I go. And like that made me feel less like, like you said, less anxious about people being like, what are you doing? Like, why are you <laughs> building that first? You know, and all this stuff. Or even when I used to play CSGO back in the day, I used to watch guides of like where to stand, where to line up your cursor, to throw your smoke bomb, to block off this, you know, whatever. So you can, but like, I just don't really, I don't, I don't have anything that I go to for that, like that and for Overwatch. I never really have. And like I know people make guides for certain things and positioning, but it's it's I don't know. It's a little overwhelming. Like it's not just like one place you go to and it's like there and you can find it. Like, yeah. Interesting. It's an idea. I don't realistically think we'll ever get anywhere near it. I mean, maybe not in a, like no. without not until like, you know, if there was ever gonna come, it'd be like five years, you know, like that that's kind of the length of the de looking at the development cycle. That's kind of like how long it would take for something like that to manifest. But mm -hmm. it's a it's an idea. Bame, how do you how do you feel about any of this? Oh, and just also the ranking system. I think yeah. we started talking oh. about the ranking system. Oh, hold oh, on yeah. first. I got on this. So I've got two two perspectives on this that are different. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first I agree with Lemon Kiwi. Uh Overwatch doesn't teach people how to play this damn game at all, right? This game is fucking hard. Yeah. Uh, even the, the tutorial is garbage. They never put time into it. I mean, I guess they Can't got this hero master. <laughs> right? Um, they don't give you information, like, you, can you even go to the website to look out how much a bullet does for damage, right? Like, they hide all that stuff, right? So, like, I was talking to my coach about this too, right? And he actually is, in, like, for the educational stuff, and he does stuff with um, bronze and all that, and he actually released a blueprint today that's really good. He showed me a preview. I'm trying not to plug too much, but Alice A.V. Re uh, released a YouTube video today just kind of explaining it, so I just wanted to put that out there, and he's been helping me with uh, prepare for this a bit, so I wanted to plug in there. But it, it's kind of like a nice little, he's got a nice little flow chart there. And I haven't seen the video yet because it released like just now. But it's uh, kind of making sense and he's vetted it with a few people. On the other hand, okay, 2002, I didn't, 2001, EverQuest first came out, right? I didn't even know what Google was back then. <laughs> um, EverQuest was a brutal game. If you died, you had to get your corpse to get you, you spawned and naked, and you had to get your corpse back to get your your items. Right? Uh, no mini map whatsoever. No maps in game. You had to print off something on your HP inkjet printer, a scuffed map that you found game. on the internet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's so much mystery there. So I've I've got. It'd be nice if Overwatch told you more, but kind of the nuances of Overwatch so makes it a little bit more fun maybe right it probably frustrates some people but I kind of like that there's some mystery to it and I and it even spawns debates like this right on what should we be doing and even in your game you know what should we be doing I don't know I like I, I it's, it's a double-edged sword for me I feel Didn't like I like the mystery a bit third-party programs like wasn't there like curse voice or like some sh like third-party shit in Overwatch, and then like Blizzard, like would ban people for it. Wasn't there a thing like that? I swear there was like a third party thing that program that was bad. I'm promise I'm not hacking. Okay, I'm not that. It's not that kind yeah. of program. But it's helping me play the game. But 
But I wonder there if Blizzard sure, would just block was. it. There probably was, and it probably was Blizzard's inclination to stop things like that. Like, they very rarely have... If, if old Blizzard, and, you know, we're going to call it Old Blizzard because, you know, when Overwatch launched, it was very much still Old Blizzard. Never <laughs> liked never liked collaborating with anyone else, right? They never liked having, out like, mm. third-party tournament organizers or third-party... You know, that's why Overwatch League came about, and third-party software for sure, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. I can imagine there probably was this program that you talk about Lemon, but yeah, there probably was banned. But again, there's no reason for Blizzard not to try and monetize it themselves. Like Dota Plus is a monetizable thing. I'm sure Overwatch Plus could be a monetizable thing too if they wanted it to be. Or just like third parties like mobile like I use Mobilytics a lot and they actually hire like really high rank content creators or or casters even to write guides for them. Um and there's like an overlay and obviously there's like a paid version, there's a free version. But I think that could easily be developed. And I feel like you can even look at what people do for Valorant, even though I know it's a different game, blah, 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 blah. But in terms of how to use your abilities, how to position on certain maps, how Mm -hmm. to play with certain heroes, these are all things that are guides in Valorant that can be easily used for Overwatch or at least mimicked in that type of way. And But I don't know... If Blizzard would ever prioritize this, because obviously workforce is kind of down right now, but I definitely think things like Mobilytics could come out, like programs like that could come out and just hire, you know, one of us or or just really anyone like like a Jake type to go and just create the guy to how to play or, you know, might as well get Karki more money. Just one tip for every hero, make it a little overlay. And here's a tip for, for Moira, or, you know, you might regret your decision on this hero, but here's how you can get the most value out of Moira. And that, that would help a lot. I think. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that it's, um, really difficult for me though, sometimes to be motivated to look into like this is where i need to be on this map and this is what just because it there's so many factors of based on your teammates and where they are like if you have a t- like you don't know if your tank's gonna go on the high ground or the low ground or push around that corner or whatever mm-hmm. because everyone's so uncoordinated especially at our rate like in plat <laughs> so it's like ideally i i i do want that but i think i'm always hesitant to look into guides because i'm like well I know I'm probably not going to be able to stand there because my tank's not going to be in line of sight when I am there. And they're not going to be in voice chat to listen to me, you know, try to tell them to be, they need to be here. So, but I think, but maybe if something like that existed for like all different heroes and everyone, it was easy for everyone to access, then like everyone could use them to work together. But that would be, you know, that's just a dream. (laughs) Well, dream. I mean, in truth, I don't think you're going to get people like the whole point of an educational yeah. guide or anything is that it by its very nature, the people who don't care will not use them. They're, they're just meant to be there to help the people <laughs> who do want to learn and improve just to have some grounding for for something like some way of getting better Like at the early. So they're the training wheels of anything, right? It's just like, yeah. you know, recently I, I got into Magic the Gathering and it's like, I don't know what all the fucking cards are. You know, like, I don't mm. know what the fucking card... I don't know if this card is particular. Like, on, it's, it's hard to gauge when you get into a new card game which card is good and which card is bad. Because you can read a card and be like, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty good. And then you realize after, you know, you play it a few times, you're like, no, the the 
effect sounds good, but it only like it only comes into play very little time. Or maybe the tempo of this card is too bad, right? Like, yes, it's powerful, but it costs too much to play, and by the time it's effective, the game is already lost. So, like these subtle things are you're gonna discover by yourself. Yeah, but it's nice to have Overwatch players feel exactly right. It's like With you, all you the kind heroes. Of, but it's it's nice to just have a thing that tells you this is a good card right now. Like this is you should yeah, like, especially against this deck or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, just oh, do that's... these things. Like it's just it's just there as a guiding principle to like help you somewhat, so you're not completely in the wilderness. Where you know, if I'm doing a draft, I love to play the draft mode. I recently got to mythic actually, so I don't, you know, I'm pretty uh pretty good. But heck yeah, the you know when you open the draft, it's like when especially when I start when I do it early on, I didn't know the card packs. It's, 20 30 cards not, like i've never seen any of them and i've got to pick one in like you know 45 <laughs> seconds so it's like i don't have the time i don't you know so it's, and that's the same way the new player or even a, a beginner player of overwatch will feel when they get thrown into the game and they're like oh my god there's 40 heroes this lobby starts and there's like oh god what does that guy do again what can he do oh my oh god where, where am i supposed to play on this map where's the mega health so much to think about that Anything that gives you like a vague guiding light, I think, would be helpful. Any thoughts on this topic before we kind of head to, yeah, more a different topic and towards the concluding thoughts? No? All Any good. Okay, well, before we go to concluding, does any other things that you guys feel are like middle rank issues that don't get discussed enough, especially, you know, in light of like as we've spoken about, a lot of the dominant contra creator voices are, are very high elo. So do you feel like there's things that don't get talked about enough or maybe are misrepresented about the metal ranks that you want to bring up? I think um, people who are not GM can still have good takes about the game. And I think people who are GM can still have bad takes about the game. And I mm -hmm. think we need to put ranks aside when we have discussions and consider what the material is that is being presented. Um, ju just saying like that, because I feel like the the loudest majority is always like GMs on the timeline, like spouting all types of stuff. And sometimes they're they're really based. Sometimes they really know their shit. And sometimes they're extremely biased for their their hero, their role, and they kind of aren't self aware about that. Um, but I also know that a lot of frustration comes from maybe not feeling heard or not having the the, the channels be heard that they're using or, or whatever. And then there's some people who are also like content baiting or engagement baiting or just trying to be hating on Overwatch because hating on Overwatch gets more clicks than liking Overwatch. So I feel like a lot of the productive conversations get lost on shit that doesn't matter, like ranked like rank or or really whatever time spent on the game um and i i don't think casuals should always be dismissed because they're the majority of the player base um and just because you know a faker can min max a hero and therefore it doesn't need to be buffed or nerfed because i have found the max way to get the most value out of this hero doesn't mean like 80 percent of the people that play the hero are gonna find the same value you are and there needs to be some kind of middle ground between the two audiences. And it can't just be about the pros. Um, as much as I love the pros and I cast the pros all the time, um, there, there's a player base we got to maintain too. Yeah, I would say, like, be, be nicer to, like, people lower ranked than you. Don't, don't be an elitist because you're higher ranked than someone. Like, don't shit talk a bronze because they're bronze and, like, 
be nice to people. Don't be elitist because of your rank versus someone else. I, that's that's not nice. Yeah, people get very yeah. weird with their with their rank losing. Like it was funny because the other day I'm I'm on an, an alt account. Even this alt account is like GM on tank, but I was playing support, which was like plat. And I'm in like a plat lobby, and some guy is like, "God, I forgot how stupid it is to play with plats." And I looked at his profile, and he was like diamond four. And I was like, "Yes, there's, there's no fucking way, my guy, you're having an ego here. There's no fucking way you're like." The plats, am I right? And it's like, bro, you just shut the fuck up. Like, just just that's play so, the game. Oh You're an idiot. I'm saying, I just had one of those games. They're like, oh yeah, I forgot. That's how plats play. I forgot. And I was like, I mean, you came to our rank, so I don't. If you're not our rank, then like, go, go to yours. I don't know what to tell you. Like, but yeah, I I hope that it's getting better. And I don't know if it's just that I'm personally like just caring less about what other people think but um <laughs> or maybe it's becoming better that rank really isn't everything and that it's perfectly okay like to i don't know i feel like the general player base needs to accept that some people like myself are perfectly happy being in the middle like just being plat you know, or like not everyone has the goal of I need to make it to GM. I need to be top 500. I need to be this. Like not everyone has that mindset. And it, I think it needs to be more accepted and just um, and not shit on, you know, like, oh, if you're plat, you're bad, you know. And it's like there's so many people that play this game and no one, not everyone is going to be amazing at it. But that doesn't mean that those people are not deserving to have a good experience and enjoy the game and not feel like shit because they're not a certain rank, you know? So I've always been like the plat diamond overwatch streamer, um, almost my whole career. I mean, like I said, I did make it to, I was at the beginning like diamond masters, whatever. Um, but I was also one tricky mercy and that got boring for me. So I, uh, you know, I changed things and I just wish people were more understanding that not everyone wants to be the best some people just want to enjoy it and um i hope it's getting better because i'll probably always be a plat diamond uh overwatch streamer and player and as long as i'm happy there then i like other people need to accept that and i just want i just want everyone to know that if you are um like diamond or lower like i hope that you i hope that this conversation here brings a little bit of awareness and just like i hope you feel a little bit more seen um and are not embarrassed to be like oh i'm not masters or i'm not gm because some people put way too much into their rank and i don't understand it so i just hope everyone understands that you don't have to be a high rank to enjoy the game and like we can all just have fun and plot together okay so <laughs> but yeah i do feel like it's getting better though or maybe I just don't care as much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leads well into what, what kind of what I was going to ask is, is is the concluding thoughts of, you know, what would you guys like to see changed or different or an attitude? It can it doesn't have to be a tangible change. It could just be an attitude change that you think would like help generally in like the metal ranks, right? So it could be that you you like Lemon said. It could be that you want a better educational system within the game. It could be that you know I want. I want better tools for people who are in the metal ranks. It could be 
I want to see more content from metal ranked players. Like I want to see more metal rank streamers or whatever. Or you maybe want to see more discussions around the metal ranks. Or maybe you want the dev team to do something and have like, you know, certain balance changes or whatever it is. So go ahead and give me your thoughts for what you think will kind of help the metal ranks a lot. Uh, we'll go with Lemon first. Lemon, what would help the metal ranks? Um... Well, for, yeah, so yeah, the educational, like any kind of third-party software would be sick. Looking for group thing back would be sick. Um, oh, I had other things. I'm blanking. Uh, yeah, general attitude change. I mean, I know the game's in like a weird state, so I think like a lot of the attitudes have changed over time. Like, I think during the off-season, you'll have like less motivation from maybe even the top 500 i mean i don't i hear a lot of complaints from that area too of just like people not being as motivated to to sweat and, and try hard and try to win um it'd be nice to have more incentives for like climbing ranks or doing certain things i feel like the fact that we don't have a pbe or like a like a test realm if you call it um means that we kind of just have to raw dog a lot of fucking balance changes and we just have to find out live if it's good or bad uh maybe they have their own test realm but it like um like tft has a, a P, like a test realm that is so important and that gets actually tested by high high ranked players and then that kind of helps determine if that patch goes through if it needs to be tweaked and I, I remember when we had a test realm, the devs said that just nobody, there's not enough data being produced from it, or it's just not enough people are using it. So they just like got rid of it. Um, so then that's a huge letdown. I think that would help balance a lot. Um, and if there was a good mix, but then there needs to be incentives to using that and maybe like a more transparent communication between the devs, because like in that, my example of TFT, again, different game, but the, the the premise that the devs are super transparent. They're, like, on Twitter, replying to people, talking about balance, putting out the patch notes, putting out dates of patch notes, talking about every single little idea. And I know that, like, the patch notes talk about descriptions of why they're doing certain things, but um, when the PBE or, like, a test realm gets released with certain stuff, like, the devs are there talking to the players. And I think that that type of relationship would, would help balance a lot, but it also puts those devs at such a mental <laughs> risk of just getting bombarded more than they already do. And then metal ranks. Uh, I'm surprised that, like, Metafy coaching isn't bigger in Overwatch or just coaching in general. It's actually cool in the offseason that a lot of Overwatch League players are, are starting to give out coaching lessons, and I've been pushing for players to do that instead of boosting uh which is like the profitable thing that unfortunately people have to do to like make a living sometimes in this game um they could actually do that by coaching and and, and like incentivizing people to get coaching um because there's some really Im incredible players out there that are really good teachers and i think they could get good experience coaching people and i'm surprised that that's just not bigger in games like this um but yeah just a ton of things and i the balance is what direction that goes in is its own argument, but yeah, there's just a few things I would like changed. Nice. I like it. Fame, how about you? Uh, in general, I'm pretty happy with Overwatch. I played every day for three hours. Um, I think just for everyone out there, just be more kind to people, I think. Like, how many how many positive, like, comms do you have your teammates? Is it maybe two out of ten where it's like a positive team like usually it's just negative i think just let's be kind more kind to each other damn just hitting us with yep. the feels 
Um, <laughs> Cupcake, how about you? What would you like to see changed? Um, I mean, I'm I'm also pretty happy with Overwatch just because I'm I'm having fun, and that's what most important to me. Because if I'm not having a good time, then I'm not making good content, and no one's gonna watch the stream. Like, no one wants to watch someone just like upset all the time, right? So I always try to look at things in a a positive like way and you know i i know that it's you can't always just be like positive all the time like that's not realistic and it's like really draining and i really like i can't do that but i think that just the overall attitude um towards your teammates i think that people still very much uh go into these lobbies with the mindset of like i don't know these people I don't give a fuck if I hurt their feelings. I don't care what I say. I don't care. Like, if we're lose, I'm going to blame this person. I'm going to, you know, da, da, da. because I, I'm very much, um, like, like I said, I'm very easygoing. And I do wish that other people had just, like, a little bit more empathy and compassion towards other people, even if they don't know them and they're just randoms in their lobby. Um, and I know that's, like, not something that blizzard can change or it's not something that like i can ask and will receive you know it's more just like wishful thinking just like if if there's anyone watching this that is very easily like irritated in game which i totally understand like it happens but i i know it's from like my chat there's a lot of people that will straight up tell me like i've had to take a break from overwatch because i was getting too upset and like i would say things that i don't like that i said you know and um I just wish people would just take just a second to be mindful. Um, and I try to say this a lot, especially if I'm having someone that's having like a really toxic outburst or something. Like I tell my chat, like, okay, just remember that this is on them and to not let it affect you. And like, you don't have to react. You don't have to feed into it. You don't have to, like, it's totally valid to want to express, you know, whenever you're in a, a shitty lobby or whatever but like you you don't need to uh feed into it and i just i just wish that everyone would just be a little bit more mindful of how they treat other people and their random lobbies even if you don't know them like you never know what someone's going through and um i think that if if everyone just had a little bit more uh better outlook a little bit more empathy to those teammates i think everyone would have much better games which i know again this is like not realistic this is just like wishful thinking out loud um but i know that my my favorite games are the ones where people are not like yelling and putting blame on people because it's very easy to do like there's a lot of times tanks will go in and do something stupid or dps whatever and i could very well be like you're doing this wrong and you're shit you know and i will and i choose not to and i wish everyone else would choose not to and it sucks whenever like you make a mistake and then you have someone like call you out and you're like why would you fucking do that like why would you nate that or why would you waste blah blah, blah? and it's like man like i don't do this to you like don't do it to me you know what i mean just like deep breaths be mindful that these are people that you're playing with okay and just try to make the experience better for everyone but again this is a i know this isn't like a change just wishful thinking, but I just want to inspire anyone um, who might get really frustrated in their games uh, to practice mindfulness and just just a little bit. We're, we're all 
like people just trying to get through like this year is already starting out really shit i don't know about y'all but this year is not it so far like i'm having tons of technical difficulties right now like just everything <laughs> seems to be going south and it's really frustrating so when i play overwatch like i am choosing not to take any frustration out in my games against random people and i just really really want everyone else to do the same so yeah <laughs> No, that was really well said. I, I think oh, it'd be thanks. cool to have a podcast where it's just like you have two metal ranks and then two like GMs on a certain role discuss balance just to like see the different perspectives oh, of like fun. what feels strong, what doesn't, or like what mm. are the what would you swap to in this situation or how do you think about the game? And you know, a little inspiration for SVB to get to get to kind of compare um kind of the mindsets and what are the biggest challenges in certain situations because i think we all see the game really differently and mm. maybe sometimes we see the game the same way and we're just different ranks and you know shit happens so it'd, it'd be cool to see how different uh the the opinions are based on the the ranks yeah it would be nice to feel a little bit more unified, I think, as a community, too. Because it does feel a little isolating down in the middle ranks compared to, like, especially as a streamer, with all your, like, top 500 DM, like, fellow streamers. It's like, I, I can't relate to them in a lot of things. Like, it's, I do very much feel, like, in my own little world a lot of times, even though I know I'm not alone, but it just does feel that way. Because, um, like I said, the DM top 500 streamers, they're just a lot more louder and a lot more opinionated and stuff which i think which is great um but i i do know that it would be nice to have more community events that um focus more on like metal ranks um you know especially with like tournaments and things they're always about like the best of the best and like we just have to sit here and not participate and like I would like to participate in more things. Like, I know a couple times I've been invited to Twitch Rivals and stuff, which was really awesome because they wanted to have, like, a plat player and a Masters and a GM. You know, they wanted it to be a wide range um, on both sides, and, like, that was really fun. But, like, we don't really get things like that very much. Um, so, yeah, it would be nice to have more things. I know Freya did a tournament that focused on, like, plat or something. Or, like, yeah, I think it was plat. I to the... I made it to the finals. I almost won it. Dude, oh, I was nice. upset because the requirement was you couldn't have reached diamond like the previous season. And that like that one season, I did like hit diamond for a second. And I was like, man, I can't participate in that either. Like, I was so upset. I was like, why do I, I have to do it so good last season? Like, <laughs> I, I won an SVB Masters tournament. You did? Ooh, I do. Nice. I would love to see more stuff like that. But like, you know, where us and plat can feel included and like do cool things and show show our cool skills because just because we're in plat like does not necessarily mean like we're bad like i do a lot of really cool shit like you know and i'm always like this was like that's what makes it fun i'm like that was so cool like that was so big brain or like that moment like my reaction was just like perfect and like you know it's fun to like hype myself up and like i can do that even though i'm plat like it doesn't mean i'm just like don't care about the game or i don't try or i'm just like whatever like i'm still like i put so much effort into this game and i know that my rank says i'm not the best but i still enjoy it and um i just wish i could um have more people to relate to in that sense i think yeah great a lot of great points there all i'll add is that from as the perspective of someone 
who has organized in the past many tournaments for players in the metal ranks. Lemon Kiwi knows Lemon's caster with me. Bames played in them uh, in the metal Where cup. Where was I? Well, I don't know. You didn't sign up, apparently. Bames signed up. But this was very like chronically like offline outside of like being live on stream. I'm like, I don't do social media really. Like I'm not anywhere. I mean, so I probably just miss out on Well, to be fair, things, this was in Overwatch but... 1 and I haven't done anything near that in Overwatch 2. And the, the reason I was going to say is the reason is that tournament organizing is just a complete hell. And I mm. wish the best to anyone who does it. But oh, I know. even organizing streamer events is like quite the mental and physical effort. And so I don't know, like I think everyone who does it, like props to you. We we did quite a few and it just like burned burned such a hole in, in all me and the mods who who organized it. So it's tough. But it would be nice Fair. if maybe yeah. Blizzard could invest yeah. in those things at least. So mm. yeah. Anything else you guys want to mention before I let you get going? No. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. I hope uh, I hope everyone watching enjoyed this conversation and having a little bit different perspective outside of GM or Top 500 because we very much exist down here. And <laughs> I think a lot of people watching, like a lot of people that watch these like are also in plat and like metal ranks and uh, which is why like I always say I'm happy to be like the plat streamer because... I mean, someone's got to do it, right? Okay, like, so, yeah, we we exist. <laughs> yeah, I hope we didn't say anything uh, too hot takey, but yeah, or at too the end cringe. Of the day. Like, oh, these damn metal rank mindsets. <laughs> oh, they're so bad. I'm sure. I mean, we'll get the comments. We already know. Oh my god, I can't believe they mm -hmm. think like that. That's why they're stuck in flat. <laughs> well, I, I mean, think it's like we all like, love the game. Nice. Yeah, oh, we all love the game at the end of the day, and exactly. Um, hopefully, it get it gets better. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, just I... to say thanks to SVB. Oh, thanks to SVB. Go, go. Um, love your content. I've been uh, been a grandmaster Patreon of yours for probably over a year now. So check the Patreon yeah. for SVB. Hell yeah. Um, me personally, I just want to like I'm going to San Diego for 34 days and eight days. So February 4th, I'll be in San Diego. I've got my IRL stream set up coming in i just had like eight more boxes over day i'm excited oh to get out and have fun 2023 is my self-improvement year 2024 is going to be my social year so i'm just nice. really pumped and i just want to say that that i'm excited to be five minutes from the beach for 34 days at least i might even stay longer i don't know yeah, that's <laughs> great yeah. man that's what it's all about uh -huh. see that what what the world of potential when you're not grinding or watch all the time you can go outside and touch grass. grass Paul. Yeah, go touch grass or sand or sand i'll yeah. be touching or sand, sand or sand and beaches <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, I'll be, I think... competitive, I'll be playing competitive DPS games on the beach, dude, with my <laughs> with my uh, mobile connection, bro. <laughs> I love bro it, them, dude. I love it, dude. Um, yeah, no, I was to to Cupcake's point. Like, I think you guys have been, you know, really, really sweet and really wholesome and very positive. You know, which has been really great. You know, we often sometimes on the podcast we spend a lot of time complaining, which is you know how it is, and it it is part of the process. But you know, seeing your guys' attitude is like so. Um, yeah, she's very wholesome. You're very like accepting and and sort of what's the word I'm looking for? You just you just kind of take things as they go, laissez-faire. You know, you're very like chill. So I appreciate that yeah. and I appreciate your perspective uh coming in. Please go show these guys some love if you're listening now or in the future in YouTube whatever. Please do go show these guys some love. And be uh, nice and in those comments. <laughs> I mean, the comment on the comments like there doesn't matter who I have on, there's always some set of people who are very upset like about whatever I know. it is. Again, so. mindfulness, okay? Whew, saw. 
<laughs> oh, we're just so grown. We just like once you grow up, man, you just like yeah. stop caring about stupid shit. And... Yeah, people can say anything hurtful to me these days, but like in game, and I'm just like, okay. But like in Overwatch <laughs> okay. One, like seven years ago, someone would say something mean to me, and I'd be like, what do you mean? Why would you say that? <laughs> there, bro, there's like, there's four billion people on the internet, man. Fuck them, yeah. dude. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and hopefully we can all channel that energy into our lives of just just chilling, just don't give a shit. Four billion people on the internet, whatever, man. So I appreciate you guys. <laughs> they ain't special. You Thanks. ain't special, man. I appreciate Lemon Kiwi Bame and Cupcake for coming through. Really appreciate you guys. Hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day, week, or whatever. Since I see you next, hopefully I'll see you guys and talk to you guys soon. Have a good yeah. one. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.